0: Hello the internet and welcome to a bawdy 60s bonus edition of Premium Bond.
1: Naughty
0: Hello again, everyone, and after a long hiatus, we are back once again with the ill behaviour. I'm only joking, I'm actually quite well. How are you, Gerard? Hello, I'm also very well. I'm joined, of course, as always, by Gerard Humphreys, the Neil to my Sean Connery. Aww. Fucking (laughs) nailed it. And uh, we are uh, here today um, to review the... would you say spin-off? Not quite a spin-off parody.
2: I would say from all the uh, sort of jumping around in the script, it
0: wasn't official, <laughs> certainly. <laughs> but... No, it, it, what we're reviewing is not canon. <laughs> we're, we're reviewing uh, Operation Kid Brother or uh, Operation OK Connery or Operation Double 007, depending on who you ask, which was a film um, produced by Who Gives a Fuck, uh, I... Some... I just
2: don't know. It seemed to be was it Italian? It was in Italian, was thinking, yeah. right? Okay, so some Italian, strange knockoff slash yeah, it's, like, yeah, pet some, project or something. You know how
0: you get those weird like Turkish Superman and stuff. It felt very much like one of yeah. them. But it it stars uh, Sean Connery's actual real life brother Neil playing James Bond's actual not real life brother uh, Neil Connery. <laughs> 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 it's, it's very very strange, but uh, it's. Um, uh, it's a romp, to be fair to it, and yes. uh, yeah, so so non-canonical uh, action romp vaguely linked in the most Tenuous. far-reaching <laughs> possible <laughs> terms to the James Bond franchise. <laughs> Um, we have been silent for some time to address the elephant in the room for that one person who keeps checking our, mm-hmm. our, uh, our, Facebook page. We I don't know who that it one is, guy. thanks, Martin, basically. <laughs> um, we've, uh, it's been a combination of, uh, laziness, I feel, on our parts. Com- yes. Combined with technological breakdown on my part. My laptop is, is uh, honestly in two parts right now. Uh, and I think just an overall desire not to have to watch this film might, yeah, have, might have contributed. There was no huge
2: wish on my part to sit down and spend <laughs> a couple of hours of my life
0: <laughs> and taking yet, this in. And yet here we are. Here we are. <laughs> So apologies to anyone that was in any way bothered by that, but we're back now and we probably will be taking a bit of a hiatus again afterwards. I'm I'm, I'm going to Serbia and Christmas is coming up and those two things are obviously interlaced Hmm. completely. But uh, in the new year, we'll hopefully be back on schedule doing all the Bond films that everyone loves and we used to, and now we don't. So that's done. That's in the box. That's fine. Um, Alright, it's Operation Kid Brother. Mm -hmm. How, uh, might have given the game away slightly, how are you feeling going into this?
2: Well, the thing that I thought of to try and explain how I feel about this is, you know the scene in The Simpsons where Mr. Mm. Burns has got so many diseases, (laughs) they can't fit through the door of his body so they don't kill him. (laughs) So a doctor uses a small door and lots of fuzzy germs to show how they're not killing him. All the diseases in this film couldn't quite fit (laughs) into my brain, so it made it very difficult to actually... to comprehend Uh, (laughs) what I was
0: seeing. That's fairly damning (laughs) so far. I... I wasn't thrilled to be going into it. I'm glad I've watched it now, as I think you are as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, I
2: was glad. <laughs> like, it's not often you get to see something so terrible, really. Like, But uh, also, so biz- it's not just terrible, it's got... It's, it's so strange.
0: It has, a, it has a rhythm to it, though. It's, it's almost like two very, very boring scenes, and then just you have to hold your head in your hands <laughs> yeah. and go, what is yeah. happening? But it kind of had a catch to it, as in... I really didn't want to
2: watch it but I was, there was also so much going on that I couldn't note it all down so I had to rewatch it yeah. and stuff just uh, <laughs> well, to. Quite...
0: yeah there sure is a lot of just moments where you, you sort of write in your notes just writing in away and then all of a sudden you no wait <laughs> back mm. Mm. <laughs> uh so in in honor of um this being a bit of a bawdy 60s romp fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've we've done away with our uh, ding-bell about moral um, grey areas. Yes. And of
2: its tame-bill. <laughs> you say of its
0: time bill but we're recording this five days after Trump has been elected. So okay. who fucking knows? It's <laughs> of tame-bill. <laughs> All I'm saying is James Bond would gladly grab woman by the pussy if he thought he'd get away with it. Which he obviously mm. would. Yeah, I'm sure it would. <laughs> so anyway, we've done away with the ding bell, and we have uh, instead the incredibly ill-advised um, bawdy <laughs> 60s bell, which we will sound at moments where sexism, racism, or anything that ends in ism um, happens that we feel probably wouldn't be acceptable nowadays, and it sounds like this. And I'm very sorry to everyone that that's <laughs> happened, but we thought it was funny about five minutes ago, so it's going out. I have had a little poke around the internet about this film, and I have had a little look uh, to try and get all the I was little going bits to we say, enjoy. I
2: really hope you've got a lot of trivia in this because I
0: have almost none, I'm afraid. But it's it's such uh, <laughs> that's going to leave a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah, for me <laughs> it is. Uh, there's there's almost nothing about this film on the internet. Anytime you search for it, it's just like hundreds of lists of. Sort of 60 facts you didn't know about James Bond and yeah, it comes yeah, in at like, yeah, number yeah. 58 or something that there was this film. But uh, there are little bits of trivia. I've got a couple of uh, alternate names and taglines and stuff. Uh, and a new feature for the start, which I'll bring in, just purely for this film. Uh, the names, as for the names. Uh, a lot of them, it's not particularly hard to translate the word operation and then every language has its own term for little brother.
2: Yeah, but I mean, this is just such an odd, like the English one's total
0: bollocks anyway so it's not like you can really operation kid <laughs> brother it, it makes sense it makes more sense than say thunderball or from russia with yeah,
2: yeah i guess so,
0: <laughs> so uh Op- operation double double oh seven was uh, an annoying <laughs> one that they they had but um so foreign titles uh only two really of note the rest were just like uh, operation little brother and finish or whatever mm. uh, france uh Called the film the little tra- lit- the literal translation was uh, Operation Brother Agent, which is clumsy. And uh, Spain, this is the best one. Uh, all the brothers were agents. That's quite a good point to be honest.
2: If it is that everyone in this family is a secret agent, <laughs> I mean, is that one? What...
0: Yes, <laughs> including the uh, the unheard of third brother, Trevor Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the taglines for the film um, these are these are quite strange. Um, Operation Kid Brother is too much for one mother. Uh, not really relevant. Not, not strictly relevant, and um, not true either. The mom died, didn't she, before? I, that was not where I was going with it. My <laughs> my reasoning was that it uh, it is enough for one mother because they both came from one mother. If there were two great secret agents that had different mothers, it would make a bit more sense. Because no yeah, no, great, yeah, okay. you know, this much good secret agenting couldn't come from one woman. But it did. So, that's wrong. Um, such close friends, such beautiful enemies.
2: Okay, I where is that from?
0: That's just... That just... That's actually on the, 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 the theatrical poster of it. <laughs> such close friends, such beautiful enemies. Um, I mean, I guess, like, they had... Uh, Daniela Bianchi and it again, the the Miss World who was an yes. enemy. Uh, so beautiful enemy, okay, fair enough. Close friends. I don't think anyone is really. No, I feel kind of you didn't like anyone, they were just strong arming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, okay, that's that's also garbage. And uh <laughs> Neil Connery is too much. <laughs> I mean he just isn't, is he? No, if anything far too little. <laughs> <laughs> His his performance, uh, I mean, honestly, probably upstaged by a good number of the props.
2: Yeah, yes, yeah, his issue was, yeah, he wasn't even, he wasn't body enough for like a body 60s romp, to be honest, he <laughs> no, was really straight.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the new feature that we've got is uh, some... Sound bites uh, given at the time about the film, which uh, should give uh, listeners who have not seen this film an idea of exactly the sort of quality we're dealing with. New York Times described it as a wobbly carbon copy of the James Bond thrillers, which is, um, you know, that's that's fairly damning. Uh, a grotesque parody of a parody, say Monthly Film Bulletin. That's quite good. <laughs> Unbelievably inept, <laughs> when it was described out by Variety. And, uh, <clears throat> dreary and dismal espionage movie lacks the flair and skill with which James Bond movies are made. The script is laboured, the direction slow, and the action barely adequate, say the Cleveland press.
2: Damn. That's quite brutal. <laughs> That's fairly okay. fucking brutal. But, quite accurate. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs>
0: You can't fault one but word that in that sentence. Br- I was
2: thinking this when you were seeing like all the translations. So this had a worldwide release.
0: It did, yeah. It, um, Fuck me. How did that definitely happen? Finland, Brazil, Japan I definitely remember seeing Germany as well had a release. Uh, it wasn't as big as most of the Bond films, yeah. obviously, but it definitely was released on, you know, most of the continents. That's one of the most cynical things I think I've ever seen
2: in film history <laughs> <Straight>, is <laughs> in like we'll just they're blatantly operating on the like, idea of, we'll just trick people <laughs> to come in and pay their money. They can leave yeah, five it, minutes
0: after. It was absolutely, <laughs> at the height of the Bond, success yeah. as well. So this was really like, it's got Connery. You know, um, of course, uh, it, having Connery was a uh, a big issue at the time because uh, oh, Sean was... Connery, pussy grabber extraordinaire, mm-hmm. he was very displeased. And this is the, some say this is the reason that started his eventual... Uh, I've... letting go of the Bond character and quitting from the franchise. So the film has a lot of characters from the, or a lot of actors from the yeah. James Bond franchise. has got um, uh, Lois Maxwell, uh, Miss Moneypenny, isn't it? Uh, Neil Connery, isn't it? His brother, um, um what's his name?
2: Uh okay, Bernard M. Bernard Shaw, is it? Yeah.
0: Bernard Shaw in it, playing uh, Commander Cunningham rather than M. <laughs> it's, mm. But, um... So Sean felt betrayed by a lot of this uh, and apparently when Lois Maxwell told Sean that she had joined the cast for this film Sean got, and this is a quote very angry and began screaming you have betrayed me over and over again
2: I would have quite liked to have been a fly in a wall to see Sean Connery get told about this bullshit I his angry. voice would be
0: breaking as well. <laughs> <laughs> could inconsolable as well uh yeah yeah but the 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 um producer of the film uh of this when Sean Connery quit um put <laughs> Neil Connery forwards oh. as as a replacement for Bond <laughs> but apparently that offer was politely refused oh, Weird. it's, it's, it's <laughs> the the big Brass balls on that man to have tried that when Neil Connery <laughs> didn't even deliver one of his own lines in the finished product. I would have liked to have heard his original accent. I would have like... loved that. And do you know the reason we didn't hear his accent? That he entirely was dubbed over. Mm. It's because in Italian filmmaking at the time, the common practice was to record completely silent and then dub over later. And Neil Connery, at the time that the audio was being dubbed, had appendicitis. <laughs> So he just couldn't. They didn't didn't wait four weeks or something for him to recover. Just na- so there's not even a recording. There's nothing. No, out there. just never, some never. Guy. did not record one bit of sound coming from <laughs> Neil Connery's mouth for this film. Absolutely absurd. Wonderful. So well, that's uh, that's the preamble. Preamble. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you ready to to drop a tab and get into this? horrible world <laughs> 60s acid trip mind fuck cuz i am mm.
1: he thrills me he kills me he gives me the feeling maybe it's like
0: Okay, so there's no introduction, there's no blood dribbling down, there's nothing like that. It's probably a little too close for for it to be getting away with parody. Um, But we are thrown straight into the opening credits of the film instead. In it we see a collection of suspiciously glamorous women on board a large boat performing various menial boating tasks while the song OK Connery plays in the background. Eventually it docks and a man, the boat docks, not the song, obviously. And a man steps out from the cabin onto the deck. He quickly surveys the skies with binoculars and sees an aeroplane. We cut quickly to the inside of the plane's cockpit and see the pilot with a big shit-eating grin on his face, caressing a small, mysterious box in the passenger seat. So that's that that's in lieu of say the the really iconic part where bond is like a double is going around the, the secret yeah. garden and gets garroted or or the ludicrous uh, element of of the jetpack or something but that's what we get instead
2: i've got to say that really what this movie did do was make me
0: appreciate that the other james bond yes. films a lot more well you say that in a lot of senses it did me as well but in a lot of other senses it made me think that's probably what Bond should be doing. <laughs> well, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you exactly okay. where he comes But
2: It's now. more like the song that kicks in, is like just a really camp, like punchy brass song. I,
0: like every day, it's like, can I, can I tell you a secret? Cool. I love that <laughs> song. I've been singing it since I watched the film. It's just there's the line, okay, Connery, he Connery. <laughs> but, thrills me. But at
2: the start of the Bond films, it's normally like low strings, yes, low yeah. kind of like, and then when something happens, there's a. A big like surge of the yeah. brass comes in, yeah. whereas this is like a big swing in. <laughs> sort of. It fits it, the film though. It does, but like at this point, the plane's coming into land and something shady is about to happen, but <laughs> the music totally doesn't
0: fit it. It's like an opening scene from a Carry On film. It's, yeah, it, it's exactly what it's like. It's, <laughs> it's like Carry On. Do you know who recorded the or who wrote the the theme song? I did. Morricone. <laughs> Morricone. Okay, yeah, I've got that down with a few question
2: marks. Yeah, apparently. To, um, I meant to check to make sure it wasn't like one letter out and it was actually no, his actually brother that was Ennio doing something. Neil Morricone
0: is the composer along with Neil Morricone. Trevor Morricone. Alright. He frills me. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. But it was a very, very boring intro though. Um,
2: See, I kind of put down that this might have been. Before high-speed internet came along and everyone got very used to like, porno all the time. Oh yeah. yeah. this like seeing all this sort of, not even that scantily clad, but no, because the, it, the girls it, in hot pants clambering
0: about was probably they just weren't, they weren't in hot pants though. It was really weird because in this part of the thing they were like dressed up as sailors. They were in full like you know Sailor. long trouser legs and everything <laughs> yeah. and like little jackets. It 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 was. I mean, if it was titillating, it was barely titillating. That, that's, what, <laughs> that's what I mean. I just. As a reference in the sixties, because like, they it does it does been... change apropos of nothing later. They they're all of a sudden <laughs> just in bras, which spoiler. You're going have to get the, that naughty one by by that one. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're, they're not dressed up particularly. Yeah.
2: Also, it changed to a room that I later realised was in the yacht. Yeah, I just yeah. didn't know that. I thought cut <laughs> yeah. to somewhere in town. I was that, really confused.
0: <laughs> that happens so often, though. You'd be forgiven because it was the first one. I was thinking, you know, filmmaking rules would suggest this is in the yacht, right? Yeah. So that's what that's what I was going for. Um, so far, no words have yet been spoken in the film, mm. but it's still quite easy to grasp how bad the acting's going to be. Yep, very. <laughs> Um, the man heads back inside the ship into the private quarters of his associate, played by the same actor as Largo in Thunderball. I think his name was uh, Adolfo Celli or something. In my notes, I kept referring to him as Largo, to be honest. I, uh, okay, so quickly to break from, from the uh, the description here. There's almost no one who is consistently referred to by their name in this film So a lot of the times I've just had to do a vague description. Mm -hmm. And later on in the film, I looked it up and I thought, I can't keep calling her, you know, Hazmat Girl or something. (laughs) So I looked up the name and it it might change, but I I apologise if it's difficult to keep keep up with. I'll try and uh, do it, but my notes do not reflect the names (laughs) of the characters very well. Uh, So here's uh, the actor who plays Largo. Uh, He's canoodling hilariously with some women. Uh, Then the other guy, not Largo, signals that it's time to be mischievous. Largo gets dressed and heads out to the ship's bridge. From there, he uses a super-secret camera embedded in the licence plate of a car parked at a nearby airfield to see the plane from earlier landing, while a woman, played by Miss Moneypenny, Lois Maxwell, uh, waits to meet the pilot. Largo then uses science and radio waves to drive this empty car from afar into the landing plane exploding on impact. Again... My notes are gonna be a bit jumbled here. It's very difficult to keep up with this film and I hope that, that doesn't affect anyone's enjoyment of this.
2: Uh it's just the same as watching the film, to be honest, just jumbled and fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's such a bizarre change in tone. I've got I can't remember exactly what it is, I've got it noted down when it goes into the cabin scene. Yeah. It goes from like the swinging body kind of music, and I just stop super yes, abruptly yeah. halfway through this, this, a bar. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's <laughs> that's, like that's not the worst sinister of the audio of editing either.
0: It's a lot of the times they cut off characters in the middle <laughs> of the fucking word they're saying. In fact, the very first word spoken when the car explodes, uh, Miss Maxwell turns almost almost to look in the fucking camera and says <laughs> "help," but it's like she turns to the camera and goes "elp, <laughs> when did she become such a bad actress as well like, i don't it must be the, the director yeah, it was
2: it. so like <laughs> it was just so bizarre because i've seen all these people in other things and they haven't been this stilted no, in Bond no, exactly. at all i thought
0: Largo did an all-right job for the most part but i don't think he dubs himself though mm, okay Cause he's he's an Italian actor and his voice was far too british I don't think that's him i think mm. he was dubbed in thunderball as well but okay so let's talk about what's happening when we see Largo for the first time, right? He's getting a massage from one woman yep. while watching footage of a woman belly dancing being projected <laughs> onto the body of yet another woman wearing much fewer clothes. My note for this is poor attempt at erotica. <laughs> poor attempt at erotica, right? But the thing is, he, he's got a naked woman in front of him, right? Yeah. And he's watching a woman with more clothes on as footage on... on her back. So my my reading of that was like, he's not watching this belly dancing for titillation. He's watching it because he just fucking loves belly dancing. That's (laughs) entertainment for him, right?
2: Yeah, it's a strange... I just assumed it was a, a
0: callback to... From Russia With Love. Yeah the, the, like, yeah, the intro, but it was so weird and clumsy. That it, was it was very just... clumsy, because from Russia With Love, it's a woman belly dancing while scenes from the film are played yeah. onto it. So it's, it's, it's already kind of... it's like, why is it like this? <laughs> and <laughs> in addition, it's it's just a big fucking square, square of footage yeah. that's off-centre on her back. And it's hideous.
2: It's just, it just sits there so bad that it's like a turd in a swimming pool. It just doesn't make... <laughs> like... <laughs> But then, when he leaves, like there's a lingering shot yeah. in that room, and people just kind of wander about a bit. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> thought, are they going to do some like saucy kind of lesbian thing now? Is that what
0: it's going to do? But no, but they just sort of knowing the the, the filmmaking at the time, and in into they probably did, and they had to cut it. Yeah,
2: <laughs> but like, they just sort of started having a chat. <laughs> <I remember laughs> it's
0: so <laughs> strange. They probably did film about an hour and a half of lesbian <laughs> erotica after that. <laughs> they just thought, ah, it's too long, I have to cut the lesbian bit. <laughs> uh, so now the fancy sailor suits are gone and the women are just in bras. So, I mean, there's not a great deal yeah. of, of uh, call for our bawdy 60s, ooh, naughty bell. But I think this... Yeah, uh, it's just all of a sudden, though. Because we won't get a lot of chance to use it if we don't nitpick, so... Oh, naughty. Lovely. It's... Still funny to me. Luckily. Oh, baby. <laughs> Um, so, so let's talk about the plot then. The the, the car is blown up, the plane, um, and the guy in the plane is presumably dead. And mm-hmm. Maxwell is. So, uh, so the car has this little radar that pops up. Yeah, and it yeah. looks like something from the Clangers. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's honestly a bit of wire and <laughs> it's think... got some mesh on it, and it.
2: I think they had that one prop. Because the boat has that same radar. <laughs> I missed it. That's fantastic. <laughs> then it appears in the car, and then at some point later, the exact
0: same radar is just
2: sitting in the lap.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Um, the plan as well, to drive an empty car using radio waves into... Just plane. <laughs> yeah, a I landing mean... plane. So first of all, that's dumb. If you want the guy dead, you know... You've clearly got the resources, as shown later in the film. Just hire an assassin to in the parking lot. Yeah. Fine, okay. Well, let's, let's go with it. Whatever. The, the, how would he be controlling the car? Presumably, radio yeah, waves. I don't think which, so. at an airport, you think might <laughs> there might be some interference? I mean, just
2: different frequencies, I guess. But yeah, it's just a strange. Like when the car blows up, I'm not sure if that's like the movie trope of. if anything touches anything it blows up or if it's got a bomb in it it's just yeah, very strange and clumsy way to kill a man especially if you're trying to get the thing that's sitting
0: next to him intact (laughs) you you say this but clearly the explosion doesn't do much damage (laughs) well true (laughs) In the aftermath of the explosion, Miss Maxwell calls for help and the fire brigade arrive. They douse the flames and remove the pilot's body from the wreckage. Whilst this happens, a hazmat suit wearing member of the brigade locates and scoops up the box the pilot was carrying into a bigger box and drives away. Back at the station, they remove their suit to reveal a beautiful lady who was working for Largo, not Largo, but Largo all along. She puts the box in yet another even bigger box and radios Largo to inform him of her success. She receives her new mission to take the pilot's girlfriend alive for questioning. So, what I was saying before about the explosion not doing much damage—they take the pilot's body out of the thing. Yeah. and There's not, not a scrap of makeup on him. He's just a normal man who's just survived an explosion without with his skin intact, but also not his life. It's just completely dead. It's, yeah, it's just it's like shock or something has, has got him. <laughs> oh,
2: bloody hell! That's my heart. But um, yeah. I called immediately, I'm kind of semi-proud of this, okay. that the person that has hazmat suit would just be a beautiful lady. Oh, <laughs> it, right. was it was just so... There was no other option
0: on reflection. But,
2: <laughs> but also when they say, go get his girlfriend, he just says, the Japanese. The Japanese have <laughs> picked up on that as well.
0: Right. <laughs> it's, it, it must be some translation. Yeah, just... <laughs> or something, but there's a, there's quite a few of them. Some of the lines of dialogue in this film are just gems. Like as as avid listener of this <laughs> podcast must know, uh, we are both fans of uh, the the series Dark Place, which we enjoy that, because of bad dialogue, bad acting, bad camera work, composition, and everything. And this film is, I think, as close to Dark Place as I've ever found something it, to be.
2: Literally, my next note is dark place level shit. <laughs> yeah,
0: not even... But for real. <laughs> <laughs> the next scene. As I was saying, two two quite ordinary scenes and then bleh, and this is our first Are <laughs> oh, we cut now to a convention of doctors who specialise in burn treatment? Yep. <laughs> For the first time, we see Neil Connery taking the stage to detail his work on an offensively dressed Japanese woman's previously burned face. As he talks, the hazmat woman, not wearing a hazmat suit anymore, walks into the auditorium and takes a seat. Connery goes on to say that his treatment of the woman was not only through groundbreaking science, but also, and this is very important, an ancient Tibetan hypnosis technique. Which he used, in his own words, to get the patient's consent. (laughs) That's important. You keep uh, a hold of that little fact. (laughs) As he demonstrates this hypnosis for the crowd, a gang of strangely dressed photographers enter the room. They almost immediately dispose of this disguise, however, and begin trying to abduct the hypnotised Japanese lady. A massive... (laughs) A massive fight breaks out between the photographers and the burn doctors, (laughs) right... (laughs) during which Connery takes the Japanese woman out of her trance, and she runs, but is caught and loaded into an elevator by Miss Maxwell, who's also there. Uh, I, I know it's complicated, Tries to keep up. The brawl ends, and Connery, seemingly unaware that the hazmat woman had anything to do with the offence, begins chatting her up, the pair of them talking like if an alien had been to Earth and learned English exclusively from episodes of To Catch a Predator. But, uh, <laughs>
2: It's... <laughs> It's yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> My only notes I have for this are dark place level shit. Yes. Editing. This is mad. Yes. Does that doctor look a bit like Connery? <laughs> ha ha. And then lift closed before the button was pressed. It was just a wee thing I noticed oh, okay, when lovely, yeah. Maxwell dragged in the uh, nice. <laughs> the Japanese girlfriend into the lift. The doors immediately shut before she reached for the button. <laughs> really
0: nice. So, and then, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck (laughs) is going on, though? Um, Right, so, there's some fantastic lines of dialogue coming in here. Um, So, there's a man in the audience whispering to uh, a hazmat lady, whose name is Maya, by the way, I'll I'll try and refer to her as that, and um, uh, he's like, why don't you volunteer to be hypnotised, because Connery's about to show off his hypnosis. And um, she goes oh, no, uh, I wouldn't want to do that, whatever. And uh, Connery spots them and goes, um, oh, no, the the woman wouldn't be an ideal subject for this sort of thing. She appears to have an unusual willpower, um, which I guess is important for whatever reason, so he can't hypnotise her or something like that, whatever MacGuffin that is. But then um, the guy says, oh, I'm sorry, I thought I was whispering, and this is also very important. Uh, Dr. Connery says... Actually, it's my fault. I didn't hear you, but I am capable of lip-reading. <laughs> it was, like, your fault for a start. But, yeah, that is such a
2: clumsy introduction. To I mean, the fact is lip-reading is obviously very important throughout the entire mm. film. <laughs> kind of, yeah. It gets used as a bit of a device every yeah. so often. But they could have introduced it, like,
0: I mean, I think they. At like any film, other they, point where it was relevant, <laughs> in a Bond film, they—they, they, I mean, it would almost be taken as read that Connery or uh, Bond could lip read as well. Like, you think that? Yeah. I mean, if if for example in uh, "You Only Live Twice," if James Bond just started talking Japanese when he was in Japan, you would accept. Yeah. Okay, definitely. fine. He's James Bond. You know, he's he's trained in Japanese. He's he's capable of picking up a language. As it stood in that film. Um, he claimed to know Japanese and then didn't speak any, which is definitely the wrong way around to do that. But, um,
2: but yeah, they could have. The first time it was relevant that he needs to be able to lip read. That is when he could have introduced it. There was no reason, yeah, I why they do it now. I wouldn't have felt cheated if that was the case. So then there's the fight scene. That I've, why. I was crying with laughter, It's because all of a sudden the doctors... <laughs> <laughs> the doctors just jump in. Why, why are these burn doctors trying to fight these people? It was never a press conference either, so where did the photographers come from? It's again a thing of the disguise makes them stand out more. Why did they not dress up as
0: doctors? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of the costume choices in this thing are, are pretty mm. fucking mental. Like, for, uh, um, the Maya in the audience is... She's wearing a bright orange like jumpsuit, mm. and she has a big like. Uh, uh, what it look like? It's like uh, um one of those very traditional, stereotypical like Chinese hats—the big pointy hats with a sort of circular, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever they're called. I forget the name. But she's wearing a fluffy version of them—a big bright white fluffy Chinese hat and sort of pom poms on her hands that she sort of holds together like some kind of sage Weirdo. or something. <laughs> And it's, it's very strange. Uh, so I, I think that those people coming in like that might have actually represented some normality. Which he, but it didn't matter what the disguise was, because it was... He just tried to peck her up. Yeah. <laughs> it was really, really odd. We have to discuss Bond being able to hypnotise people, right? Surely... I mean, she's got strong willpower, so I can't hypnotise her. But at one point, he hypnotises a man intent on shooting him in the middle yeah, of a yeah. fund. <laughs> so you'd think there'd be some strong willpower going on there. So I, I don't know where the cutoff point is for him not to be able to hypnotise someone, but uh, it's it's very, throughout the film, you think, just hypnotise him. Yeah, Pick yeah, and choose yeah. exactly when he can and can't do it. Um, so at the end of the, the scene, um, uh, Miss Maxwell is driving um, Yashuko, the Japanese lady, away. Uh While they're they're sort of cleaning up after the fight And uh, We have our first and I believe only uh, Uniquely callous Quip concerning the death of another human being Where as And it is really callous (laughs) As the fight ends Connery's standing over the man he killed um, And he says I hate to be interrupted when I give a lecture
2: Yeah and it's so flat, and he's standing
0: bolt upright as <laughs> well. So, like, he's so totally. <laughs> and then we get the lines at the end as well, where, um, uh, is it Maya, I think, says, This man is dead. And this is, this is tremendous. I love this. Uh, Connery says, Yes, I found myself distracted, so I used the sublime attendee. It's fatal. <laughs> but he's. He's so calm about just having killed <laughs> them. You would <his> <laughs> <Yeah>, or... <laughs> you, you, you found yourself distracted, and you accidentally <laughs> use some ancient esoteric kung fu secrets. <laughs> it seems really strange. <laughs> anyway, now we find ourselves at an art auction. Yay! Why not? <laughs> In it, we meet Largo once more. He and his woman, who shows up. I think she shows up again at some point, but uh, she's really inconsequential here. Um, he and his woman talk briefly uh, with one Commander Cunningham played by Bernard Shaw who plays M in Bond uh, before taking their seat to bid on a statue of Perseus Um, not Largo man but Largo is confident that he will win he bids $900,000 however at the end of the bidding he's pipped at the post by a mysterious gaunt-faced man who offers $9,005 and that is the entire scene
2: yeah I don't at that point I'm not 100% sure it was the woman that was talking to him was that Maya okay, no Maya gonna... I
0: think it was Matilda Mat-
2: oh yeah of course because Matilda is fantastic Matilda's best, is best character absolutely fucking bizarre but more than that later <laughs> later yes but um, yeah the whole scene is irrelevant and why is it, like so all the sort of protagonists and antagonists are just in a yes. art auction together that- that's the of thing you just have to accept in this film, I think.
0: That... Like they all seem to know each other? So... Yeah, because Commander Cunningham uh, is there and, and Largo says to him, Commander Cunningham, I thought car racing was your only hobby. And for a start, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And, and he he replies, ah, oh, this is sort of a race too. It isn't, though. No. no not <laughs> so um, the guy that, that beats... Largo for the the bid is um, the Doctor, the do- Anthony Dawson, yeah, the Drop it Professor, but, <laughs> oh um, the Professor, sorry. Uh, uh, so at the time, like it, it, Anthony Dawson, to spoil the next parts coming up, um, Anthony Anthony Dawson plays uh, Alpha, who is the the leader of the evil organisation in this film. Um, not Spectre. Not Spectre. Thanatos. Different. Whatever. And <laughs> Thanatos, which, by the way, is never given an explanation of what the acronym means, which is. <laughs> but, um, so he comes into the auction and he bids on this statue of Perseus, and it's it's clearly like a, a power play between Largo and Alpha, or Beta and Alpha, is it? So, yeah. Which is. Money. But, but you, uh, don't, you don't know that. You don't know that at all. So at the time, like the reason he bids nine thousand and five, nine hundred thousand and five dollars and wins is because he is, uh Beta Lago's superior. Yep. So he can't bid against him. But I, at the time, I thought this guy's really comfortably bid nine hundred thousand dollars, and this guy's <laughs> yeah. come in and bid nine hundred and five, and he's like, damn, nine hundred and four thousand was my absolute upper limit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was very confused at that point as well, and. Even knowing in retrospect that it was some weird power play going on, it make, like, yeah, it just makes it almost a little bit not quite sexual, but yeah, like the domineering. He like, should be holding his pocket. Right? Totally fucking petty. <laughs> like yeah, he's yeah, just yeah, come and
0: yeah. dominated him, but No one
2: I, even knows this apart from those two because yeah, they're in a is, secret organization. This is one of the
0: things that about it I quite liked though was that scene where it, I mean the scene is garbage, but that power play between them was quite. Well done when put in, in and a com- context of the rest of the film. Uh, again, we are catapulted into another utterly random scene. Yep, Hazmat Lady uh, Maya, now dressed as a nun, is outside of what I assume is the safe house holding the Japanese lady, Yashuko, from the convention. Uh, she signals to another villainous spy nun to release some knockout gas into the safe house's ventilation system, which she does. Uh, inside the safe house, yashko passes out uh, it's the, the knockout gas wakes her up first <laughs> yes,
2: the knockout... noticed. so they had to she couldn't i don 't know why in the scene she simply couldn 't have been awake in a bed reading a book and then passed out i don 't understand why she had to wake up because of the presence you... of knockout gas to highlight the fact that it 's knockout gas you could
0: you could argue that she was like on the verge of sleep. Or something, but then why?
2: But, yeah, why would... Why was it weak? It was just such a... She She could have been doing literally anything in that scene and then just passed out
0: because of the gas. Yeah. It was just so weird. Yeah. Anything except sleeping, sleeping would been probably yeah. the best option. Um, Maya, the hazmat lady, and the other nun, who apparently is a, 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 a main character of the film and didn't, didn't come up much. This is the first, I think, really... Egregious example of psychic character syndrome, where they just know where this Japanese woman is, yeah, despite being yeah. driven off to a fucking—I don't know what the organization that Cunningham works for. I've just called it MI whatever in my notes. <laughs> so, you know, secret organization MI whatever safe house, and they're just like, yeah, of course, that's in you know wherever it's they were, Monte Carlo or something. It's like I, I know a hospital
2: as well. Is it set up- that's what I thought. I thought it was. was. A hospi- I thought it was a hospital. Because no, she's kind of dressed as a- one of them's yeah. a nun outside for no fucking reason. Yeah, and the other one's a sort of, of hospital of matron. Like, yeah, she's kind of she's got like the headdress, but yeah, she's more of a nurse type of role. <laughs> there was no reason for any of it. Basically, oh,
0: no, it's bad. It's a really bad scene. <laughs> uh, Connery finds himself in front of, I think it's some kind of Monty Carlin consulate or something, its it doesn't really matter, I'm not sure. Uh, whatever he is, he tells Neil Connery that because he has literally done a murder in front of a room full of witnesses he can't leave the country until an investigation has been carried out. A that weird, but whatever. <laughs> I actually loved that, because that wouldn't happen in Bond. <laughs> it would be like we've to do a fucking administrative <laughs> investigation now, because... I know you've got a license to kill but there is paperwork to be done because of the murder he (laughs) would just be like off you go to fucking Taiwan or something (laughs) but I really enjoyed that Connery whines a little before they are interrupted by Commander Cunningham and Miss Maxwell Uh, they enter the room and they tell Connery that they are part of a super secret spy branch M.I. whatever and need some help with Neil being the brother of their best agent they can think of no one better for the job apart from their best agent ignore that uh an entirely untrained man of science will do just as well. So, have
2: thought. so that's mostly how things work in the world. Yeah,
0: I mean, I don't. I, I'm. I'm. am an only child. I don't have any siblings. But you know, I'd like to think if I did have a brother, my knowledge and experience would be passed on through some some, some sort of. Symbiotic osmosis.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I can. I do have siblings, and I can confirm this is exactly. We can just walk into each other's jobs, (laughs) willy nilly, (laughs) and just pick up exactly where the other one left off.
0: (laughs) So we. we, This is where it starts. This. This one, fucking joke that this film has. It's. It's built as a comedy. Um, Is it? It is built as a comedy. I didn't know that. I genuinely just didn't. (laughs) Um, Action comedy, yeah Uh, So it has one joke I think you could loosely describe it as And it is that Neil is not Sean But he's a bit like him Commander Cunningham comes in and says The resemblance is uncanny And Miss Macbill says I'm not so sure I don't think he's quite as good looking Which, you know That's that's a rude thing to say (laughs) For a start
2: Yeah, it's quite brutal Especially I mean, he's already in his brother's shadow this wouldn't help him, really. <laughs> Easy, though,
0: because his brother's a really good secret agent, but he appears to be able to do fucking magic. That. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Continue. Then this, this scene goes on to another line <laughs> of genuinely brilliant dialogue where he Miss Money Penny uh, holds her hand up to his face and goes, Why don't we shave the beard off to make sure? Because I've got to mention that. Uh, I was I, In my notes, I've written it as his, he's got a little goatee that makes him yeah. look like an evil hypnotist, which <laughs> yeah, I guess right. in many ways he is. And he replies to this, the beard is mine, I'm attached to it. Yes, yeah, he
2: Brilliant. I, I do not even realise that that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> because it was so... What? He seemed just more angry-angry? Like it's, it wasn't...
0: It's not even Neil's fault on that, because he <laughs> yeah. didn't dub his own voice.
2: He can... <laughs> but his face doesn't betray anything, he just looks kind of slightly scornful all the time so there's no change in emotion, it's a flat That's, line. That might be a Connery family yeah, trait. Well, it's also quite funny that they're totally fine with the idea that all the traits are somehow passed through genetics but she's astounded that he looks a bit like his brother.
0: <laughs> Back in the safe house we see the spy nun nurse lady, whatever, not the, the nun, but the, the nurse nun, right? Mm-hmm. Uh she...
2: Cleb from... No, from she's not, from... but she's ah, modelled okay. on it.
0: Because, um, uh, well, we can talk about it later, but uh, uh, Cleb, played by Lottie Lenya, Lottie Lenya was, you know... Uh, <laughs> ...reasonably well-respected, to ah, be honest, in, in okay. uh, her native native lands, and um, she probably wouldn't stoop that low, to be completely frank. <laughs> it's but, quite uh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I think they wanted her as well. So, uh, so this... Other woman. She enters the room um, in which Yashko is passed out. The guard outside sees through her disguise and charges after her. However, he's quickly dispatched by her knife gun. She has a gun that shoots a knife like a bullet, and it kills him. Uh, You know, absolutely, why not? Um, She then... She then fires a harpoon gun out of the window into a mattress set up by (coughs) Maya and another evil guy. And then uses the resultant zip line to whiz the body of Yashko wrapped in blankets down and into the van waiting below, which is then driven away by the pair. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an odd scene. Uh, yes. What I... <laughs> I was going to say
2: what I don't get there. was one bit that really <laughs> was troubling. It's like the bed has a... Like the bed is slightly robotic or automated. And that's like, so she presses something and like lifts up the body. Right. So that just gets round, Like, No bed ever has whatever this bed has. <laughs> it's the only way this plan could work. But the place, from what I can tell, is completely empty. Hence, what? so why not just walk house, her yeah. out
0: the door? You can get into the <laughs> yeah. safe house then. Two things I really hated about this scene. And the first was um, the entire process of wrapping the body in blankets clipping it up to the zipline, and then sending it down the zipline, which overall took about like two two minutes of film time. <laughs> that was seen in its entirety. <laughs> <laughs> Seems really cinematically a poor choice. And the second is... So the zipline is tied to something on the, the upper end and the harpoons in a mattress on the, the bottom end. You put the weight of an adult woman on that... The mattresses (laughs) bend, right? (laughs) So you put as soon as the weight sort of like hits, the mattress bends or even like flips upwards and pulls over. And that woman just drops from the second story window. (laughs) She is dead. That's it. (laughs) You've just done a very elaborate murder. Okay, now we get a, a big clump of fucking exposition here. We flick back to Connery M and Miss Maxwell. M Cunningham tells Neil that Ward Jones the pilot from earlier has been killed. Connery, because of course he does, apparently knows him as he attended <laughs> one of his hypnosis sen- seminars previously. M goes on to- <laughs> M goes on to say that the secret information Ward was trying to deliver was stolen when he died. However, he claimed to have left some additional key information with Yashko, though she denies it. Connery suggests that Ward may have used his newfound hypnosis powers, which he got after attending a one-day seminar, to secretly lock <laughs> the pertinent information inside Yashko's subconscious. M requests that Neil unlock this information and in return, M offers to get him off the hook for actual, literal murder. Connery agrees and the chase is on. <laughs> so, the guy flying in
2: Yeah. Is, <laughs> why is Anna so surf- his own plane when he's arriving and not just yeah. a plane. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> well, either, go go even deeper than that. And why the fuck couldn't he just, like, telegram his information in? Because we find out what the information is later and it's not complex. No. True. And it's coded as well. And not even the people who are supposed to receive the information understand the code. <laughs> but, I mean, the I could... You could scribble it down in a second, you know, you could telegram it, you could you could send it via secret lines, you could just fucking phone it. Why this man had to fly to, of all places, Monte Carlo <laughs> to deliver this information to a British spy organisation is beyond me.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, see, that's one of the moments of the Mr. Byrne being so ill, <laughs> <laughs> there's so much wrong I just can't even focus, this. Yeah,
0: yeah, but what I did manage to focus on, though, was the fantastic line of dialogue. It's clear that Ward used Yashko as a sort of electronic brain. (laughs) The trio head to the safe house, only to find upon their arrival that Yashko is missing and the guard is dead. They check the pictures, which the guard had been secretly taking using a camera hidden in his flower, in his lapel, and using a portable projector, which they just happened to have... They discover that the murderer uh, was a known affiliate of Thanatos, one of the most dangerous gangs in the world. Um, and the f- that's the point of this film.
2: The framing of that picture is really funny, is one that the guard managed to take. Yeah. <laughs> like, perfect. yeah it's completely <laughs> round our face. Just... I mean and she's she's scowling yeah, at it yeah. as well.
0: Uh, there's not much to say about this scene it's, it's pretty standard sort of like expositional just, yeah. stuff but there is this um, a, again dialogue I'm, I'm loving this um, Cunningham um, steps into the, the middle of the frame he walks like from his mark along with the other characters he walks all the way like around the body <laughs> right up to be dead fucking centre um, and he says this is beginning to look pretty serious and that's the end of the scene.
2: His the actor ends up doing a lot of that in this movie, where the the scene starts rolling, and he's standing dead still, <laughs> and just starts walking, stops, and then delivers a shit line. Yep.
0: <laughs> now we are in a castle. I've already stopped questioning it, so should you. In this castle, we find a meeting of Thanatos taking place, which definitely isn't Spectre. Though, uh, through the meeting it becomes apparent that their plan, as orchestrated by their leader Alpha and Largo, codenamed Beta, is to control the world's gold reserves by luring the six wealthiest nations into a trap, which would still be on tack if only bloody Gamma hadn't failed to get the atomic nucleus they needed. <laughs> bloody hell Gamma. Put it together. The price for failure in Thanatos is high, as Alpha hands Gamma a gun with which to shoot himself. Gamma turns the gun on Alpha, however it has no ammunition in it. Alpha is angry, but apparently does nothing about it. Gamma then relaxes and takes a sip of his water, and dies of poison. All right. Uh, the gang are then dispersed to undertake their various missions, which include presumably finding this atomic nucleus and questioning Yashko, despite neither of these things making any sense in the context of one continuous plan to steal gold. (laughs) Where did did the atomic nucleus
2: go? Where is it at this point? Because... Number one. (laughs) Fuck
0: you. (laughs) No, I've no idea. Because Uh, it's the thing in the plane, isn't it? Is that the atomic nucleus? In the plane... Yeah, no, well, no, that's not the thing in the plane. Okay, so no, that's uh, not. That's just information. That's why I was saying he didn't need to fly that in. That's just words. Is that just a bit of paper. Or <laughs> yeah, not? that's that's saying where the atomic nucleus is. I think. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> hang on. No, because okay, spoilers. They get the atomic nucleus later, and they use it in some factory to do some things, which we'll explain later. But the information that. Ward flies in is the location of this factory, which they can't possibly be doing anything with. Because they don't know where they Because they, they are. don't have a <laughs> nucleus yet. Good. So, this scene starts off brilliantly with Largo <coughs> arriving um, and saying Excuse me. I'm three minutes late. Okay. <laughs> Also, his code name is Beta, which is very funny.
2: Yeah, the, see, I had
0: to I had to fight against the urge just to write down like instead of Beta, just Cuck every time. Oh God! <laughs> but that's what the whole feeling of it is. Yeah. So it's so strange. It's like so it's not uh, it's it makes sense as a code name. It's, it's not terrible.
2: Yeah, but there is like a, <clears throat> when your boss is coming in and just dominating you <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> Card auctions or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> you can, and then this, yeah, because he puts the statue that he's bid on yeah, in the yeah. meeting room just right, yeah. to like, what? <laughs> why, why? <laughs> it
0: seems unnecessarily antagonistic. <laughs> doesn't a complete it? prick. Because as far as I can tell from this meeting, it seems like they're they're actually on the same level of the management structure as well. It it does seem like they have sort of. A certain degree of sway. Yeah. So they're they're not like superior and subordinate. They're, they seem to be on the same level. Very strange. Did you catch the name um, of their operation by any chance? What the operation name was? I can't remember. No. Operation Blackmail. That's a zinger. <laughs> and how is it Operation <laughs> Blackmail? Well. <laughs> Yeah, see,
2: this is where I've made a point of looking into the plan to understand. It's the standard sort of James Bond plan of get all this stuff that has an arbitrary value mm-hmm. associated with it yeah. and then destroy the world slash market that gives it that value. So it's like yeah. a big circle to end up with just meaningless
0: metal at this point. <laughs> you need a lot of space to 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 have all that gold because oh. as we've discussed in um, what was it Goldfinger if you stamp gold too high it crushes under the weight <laughs> of it itself <laughs> you'd need an incredible amount of space to hold that which you'd be paying a lot of money for
2: uh, and I mean, you can't barter with anyone because you've fucked everything up it's just
1: <sighs>
0: and we we don't know the exact extent of their plan yet but it's not any cleverer how they plan to extort <laughs> this gold Um so I, I didn't hate this scene though in general, apart from the stupid plan um, it's it it makes more sense than the official Bond sort of like you failed me so you die scenes mm. where it's like, he gives him a gun is like, I expect you to shoot yourself rather than being dropped into a tank of sharks or, <laughs> or randomly electrocuted by his chair and he uh, he then he does what you'd probably do he, he turns the gun on Alpha instead and then he tricks him into drinking the water which, um the poison bit was a bit stupid, yes. He's he, I mean, he,
2: quite open to him just coming in, taking a sip of water before getting yeah. us started and yeah. died. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then when he actually takes a sip of water as well, it's, there's this big yellow fucking glass just in the way of the entire shot where he dies. <laughs> I don't know what they were fucking thinking. Um, and they, start, uh, they continue pushing this, um, this joke about Neil not being Sean in this as well and it, it, I didn't write down the joke, it wasn't funny enough but it, it was something along the lines of um, uh, he's the brother of a, a, a super secret spy agent it's like, oh the resemblance is uncanny or yeah. something, something really boring, shitty like that Because they go
2: on about double O 00... at some point yeah, say they say double O and then you never say seven and yeah. I just didn't know if that was a legal thing or... <laughs> Yeah, I think it was Yeah, although they do call it double double
0: O seven So you know. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> double, double
2: It's not... It's
0: funny (laughs) there's no humor to it but that's the one joke in the thing i don't even get that now we are at an archery contest (laughs) where both connery and beta are competing to win a cup the pair each score the maximum amount of points on their respective shots and as such strike up a conversation nothing happens in this conversation other than reaffirming for the audience that the japanese girl is missing Connery is then approached by Meyer, who he tries and fails once again to finagle a date with. He's then approached by Cunningham, who tells him that they've located Yashko and that she's in Spain and that he should leave right away. Connery refuses for whatever arbitrary reason before Cunningham forces his hand by showing him a note from the Minister of Health, who apparently holds total control over all doctors. Connery reluctantly accepts his mission though on the way out of the archery grounds, wherever he is, he is accosted by Mildred, another agent of Thanatos that Beta has sent to flirt with him. They do so in the most coldly mechanical way possible for almost no time at all, before Cunningham cock blocks Connery by telling him that the urgent mission he's been put on is actually quite urgent, yeah? Connery agrees, and they set off to Malaga. Yeah. <laughs> it-
2: <laughs> the scene is... Odd. <laughs> I don't know why. Where are they? I don't know. Are they in Scotland? I do not know. Everyone's just in kilts and. Everyone
0: is in kilts. You just... Yeah. But you archery think they is... might be in Scotland. But never
2: he's... been a traditional <laughs> Scottish. Like, I don't mm. think at the Highland Games <laughs> there's an archery
0: competition. No, I don't, I don't think there
2: is. No. This is where I'm trying to work out. Like, are the jokes like? Because see, the health minister saying you, are now, <laughs> you now have to do a yeah. secret mission. Like, if that is just really a joke it could be quite funny but it's delivered in such a confusing way. I don't like... think that is a joke. <laughs> I think that's one of the more serious parts of the film where he's like being strong armed into doing this. And there's bits as well where Connery's just looking off camera which aren't it's not like there's so far you can get with hey we're doing a crazy like <laughs> taking the piss film yeah it's like you're just bad <laughs> at this you
0: like, don't you're... have the flair or skill <laughs> um, so Mildred Oh. Geez. where the fuck did she <laughs> who is Mildred I've ordered Mildred to flirt with Connery and who is Mildred she, she flirts by it's brilliant like Mildred is phenomenal <laughs>
2: and that could be a joke as in in the Bond films Conway always one... enters a room and there's a random woman there and yeah. every time she comes up she's scrambling around in the ground looking for something like no matter what yeah, the situation yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I,
0: I think that that might have been a joke I don't think it was done with the same degree of uh, skill in the way you've described I think it was just hey she bend that over hey. it's a fan yeah. <laughs> um, Yes, the flirting with him and Mildred uh, she's, as you say, bending over she's lost her bow Bo- which she's looking at it's a giant big yeah. fucking bow that's it come off, I- a- was- off a was chest. it on her head at
2: the start? It might have been, yeah. And then he puts it around her chest. I don't know if that's meant to be again a comedy, like, not
0: misunderstanding. I think you have to the drop the idea that, that any of these jokes are jokes, <laughs> I, I <just laughs> because don't. I don't think they are. I think it was probably a continuity error because it, then they they try and force this joke in afterwards, where they she goes, "I lost my bow. A button came off," and so he picks up the bow and starts wrapping it around her her chest and. Because the bow's not there anymore, or if it was there, then it would obstruct your view of her cleavage. And he says, Very thoughtful bow. I think that's supposed to be a joke. Like, uh, thank you for falling
2: off, bow, so time I see these tits, bow. <laughs> every time Neil Connery said something, I genuinely just didn't bother listening or ne- taking note because I never understood what he was talking about. Like Things <laughs> like that is just an example of it where... <coughs> there's something going on and the writers haven't been talented enough to bring it yeah. out to, to yeah. Yeah. make it clear
0: he goes on to say any reward what, for picking uh. up a bow off the floor
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's trying yeah
0: shag will you <laughs> he's trying that with the mayor character as
2: well and she keeps saying the same thing back like it would be unfair which is true yes because he is a hypnotistic and but he can't hypnotise her it's already for, been established
0: yeah yeah I don't know <laughs> There's also, speaking of what Neil says, uh, there's, there's a, a big old fucking wanky, very similar to James Bond, a bit just the way that, that Neil talks. It's so wanky. Uh, this reporter is talking to him about winning the Archery Cup, and he says, Do you expect oh. you'll win an Archery Cup this year? And he says, Frankly, I hope I don't. I already have four, and they're just the same. <laughs> I mean, it's very really strange to get like uh... a. <laughs>
2: nihilistic t- <laughs> top sportsman. <laughs> it's like most of the time, yeah, like you're competing against someone in a game for it's not even a shiny trophy really, that's missing the point. I think it's the glory yeah, he, he of being the best hopes at something. He he doesn't win, then shoot in the wrong
0: direction or something. Don't show up <laughs> if you don't want to win, <laughs> you turd. Yeah. Also remember remember here, this is very important that Largo or can't remember. Fucking what better, his name. Peter. Well. <laughs> Um or Thea as well. He's also called. Well, he's not actually called Laga, I suppose. Well, yeah, his, his name is Thea. Uh, he he. Uh, Connery says uh, that was a that was a great shot or something like that. And Lager says something ridiculous like, "Coming from someone of your caliber, that's a compliment." It's a compliment from anyone. Um, And he says, I'm not actually an archer I like big game hunting or something I'm not a championship archer, remember that Remember he's not a championship archer Because it comes up later in the film that he he all of a sudden is And it it just really annoyed me That they would include this line That didn't need to be there And then At this point I was getting very very confused With how the scenes were going into one another There's no cohesion Whatsoever between them like no. you, you, where are you you're, you're in like you're in Monte Carlo. you're an airport you're on a boat you're a, an archery contest you're in a castle in i think munich you're in uh all over the fucking place and there's no cohesion there's no link between any of them and i've written down that it seems a bit like they've they've broken down a bond film into constituent parts so like you've got the setup at the start where they, they do something evil they introduce bond bond chats with them there's an evil meeting there's a bond meeting where he gets his mission um the, the, there's the villain, there's meeting the girl, there's, you know, all these little bits. And they've given each part of that to someone else to write. <laughs> like, so it's and, just absolutely So normal. there's no context between any, yeah. no setting, no no character development, no nothing. They're just like, here's the name of the character, this is the bit I want you to write, do it. And that's what they've done. And they've <laughs> shoved them together. Like that game where you, you write the first line of a story and it yes, folds over and the paper. just and, <laughs> <laughs> everyone that is what this film seems like to
2: me yeah I've got to say this has been one like one of the more jarring scenes as well Just, just like, you just have no idea where in the world you are you just kind of have to assume there's an archery conversation yeah that he I mean he was there for a conference with doctors yet he seems to have his full Scottish <laughs> kilt get up with him for
0: sure and bow and arrow a true Scotsman <laughs> that is true Oh, has he gone to Scotland is he in Scotland? Not a clue. It doesn't look like Scotland. <laughs> it looks quite nice. So we've had a couple of boring scenes now, which uh, you know, you know what that means um, this next scene has gone fuck shit mental. <laughs> Connery and Miss Maxwell arrive in Spain. They step out of the airport and straight into a terrible sixties dance party. Uh, Maxwell leaves briefly to meet their Spanish contact, a man who has just been called away from his wife to be at the altar. ...of their wedding. That is a joke. That is one of the jokes that keeps coming up. It's like, "Ah, I was about to get married, but now I'm not. (laughs) Um, Meanwhile, Connery spots Mildred once again bending over to look for something she's lost. They talk briefly once more, saying and accomplishing absolutely nothing as before. uh, Before Neil is once more pulled away by Miss Maxwell to go and pick up Yashko. I don't know how they really know where she is. Um, Connery, Maxwell and Mr. Jilty then head to, for some reason... A bullfighting colosseum, where Yashko is being held for them. On arrival, they find her dead. However, upon closer, a very quick inspection, Connery spots that the body isn't actually that of Yashko, but instead a convincing double. They realise then they've been following a false lead to keep them off the trail, uh, and then they leave. The body is hilarious. Oh, I look at
2: the body. It just has a knife sticking straight out of the chest. <laughs> oh, oh, it looks sorry. like a bread knife. It's just—it's not even near like the heart particularly. I don't think it's just like... I mean, it, it would still <laughs> probably do, yeah. yeah but it's just like, like... The dance party they walk into. Yeah, this is... Like, I'm beginning to question everything now. I just don't know. Because she gets off and says, that's odd. He should be here. Yeah, and when she said that's odd, I thought she meant that the there's party. a dance party and d- like a band mm-hmm. with guitars and stuff I got like a that. Feeling just... she didn't, but then it, then it turns out it's the driver who's not there because he was at his wedding, which yeah. is ha ha. But it was ha, only a minute
0: late. He that I mean, as... you could almost, if you squint your ears, it could <laughs> be a joke that he he had to jilt his wife.
2: But it's not even like a recognizable character trait from Bond films of the time is no, it's, it it's he doesn't have strange. like a say that drops everything for him or anything like that so no,
0: usually the sidekicks are quite sassy.
2: Yeah like she... girl
0: you rat. <laughs> oh god <laughs> So at the dance party as well. There's a bassist there who is just standing he's playing outside, outside an airport. He's holding his bass like underneath it, like there's no strap on the bass. So he's doing that really annoying mm. way of playing bass guitar that that absolute fucking amateurs do. Where they sort of they hold the bass guitar by the bottom and they, they bring their hand all the way up and they're just sort of plucking just by moving the very end of their thumb. <laughs> so he's holding the bass up and playing it at the same time. And there's, there's no amplifier, there's no. Oh, nothing. yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's, it's outside. The technology for wireless amps, I presume, was not a thing in, in 1967. So <laughs> he's just standing there, just like. He's <laughs> just be hearing, like. <laughs> I remember. Rattly, horrible tone that an unplugged in
2: the base has it's weird. In Family Guy they in the commentary for an episode they made reference to you know when they shout like sexy party and everyone comes in and starts doing that was apparently a throwback to Casino Royale the David Niven one. Yeah. Where people Which you will have to do at some point. (laughs) Yes, I know. (laughs) So I don't know if this was like a cultural thing at the time where there was random parties in the back probably was, yeah.
0: I don't know if Casino Royale was released before or after this. It was released in the same year. Yeah, uh, okay. no idea uh, if it was filmed or released before or after. But I see there were other films that were like that, like Carry On. And yeah, so it must, have, going so time, it must have just been a thing, <laughs> yeah,
2: which yeah. is
0: so fucking strange. Very, 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 very odd. Um, how does Mildred know that Bond went to Malaga? Yeah. Who? At Again, maybe... She was wearing something very strange as well. She looked like a giant fucking neon pink poodle. <laughs> and and Bond says something oh Connery, sorry, not Bond. Um Connery says something really strange. Like, I, I at first I would have mistaken you for an Azalea or something like that, which I assume he's like you look like a flower but she didn't. She looked like <laughs> a fucking furry or something.
2: Yeah, at this point there's clearly like a joke going on with that, but like, you'd need better actors yeah, to make it work. Yes, very much <laughs> and so. better
0: raters. So Malaga looks so grim. Doesn't oh, it? The, the camera yeah, the, work they've done it. Like You, you see Connery, uh, Sean Connery, sorry, jetting away to places like Tokyo and Jamaica and stuff. Yeah. And always, even in the 60s, even with the shitty cameras, it looks fantastic. You think I'd have a lovely time. That's my favourite there. thing about. The film
2: yeah. is like when they have the kind of escapist, like look at all these lovely places in the yes, world. Yeah, I would love to go. And to again, those I don't know—is this a joke that they're? <laughs> yeah, it is <laughs> that they scanning over like
0: wasteland in
2: Macaulay. That's or so strange. It looks so ugly
0: as well. Yeah. Uh, Connery returns to his hotel to find Mildred once again. Three scenes in a row. <laughs> She's on her hands and knees, and she's looking for something. In this case, it is a lighter. That joke isn't running thin at all. <laughs> he finds it for her, and the pair instantly start smooching. They sit down together, and Connery immediately hypnotises her, using his ancient Tibetan technique to get consent. It's fine. While she's under, Connery pumps her. For information, guys. Hey. Uh, But he would. Though. She tells him the Ashko is being held in a villa in Marbella, which she pronounces Marbella. He frees her from her hypnotic prison and she is none the wiser that she's just had the dirty done on her. The pair go back to smooching, which is really odd, before they are interrupted by Miss Maxwell and Sir Jiltsalot, who still has no discernible reason to be there. Matilda leaves and they tell Connery that they know where Yashko is being held. Connery, however, tells him that they're wrong, as he now has the real scoop straight from the horse's mouth.
2: There's one quote, you have no will, (laughs) which coming from the brother of Bond
0: slash Connery, <laughs> you know what though? It speaks volumes about the Bond franchise that this is Connery the... hypnotizing a scantily clad woman into a submissive, malleable state is somehow less rapey than I most know. of the things. <laughs> exactly, he's, <laughs> like, he's also so lacking in
2: anything. Neil yeah, Connery, he's like... not. He's not a, He doesn't have the star quality <laughs> of Sean. Does <laughs> like, he's not? Wait, like, when watching the previous bunch. I actually genuinely felt a wee bit like, Oh, this is horrible. Yeah, <laughs> like, this is genuinely just
0: Yeah, it's just, it's mechanical, it's Yuck. cold. It's and he's just nothing. Like, it's just uh... <laughs> <laughs> So there's another thing as well, um where he's pushing her for information and he's like, um, did Thanatos send you? and she says yes. And he goes, um where is uh, oh, sorry, what 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 are they doing and then he asks asked her a couple of questions. that like, I don't know. I don't know. And it's like, where is Yashko? And she's like, oh, she's in a villa in Marbella. Why would they give her that information? If she doesn't know like who leads Thanatos, doesn't know what they're doing, what their plan yeah. is, why does she need to know where where <laughs> yeah. Yashko is? Because she is the only person from Thanatos who is has been ordered to have any direct contact with a man who they know is trained in hypnotherapy. Why would they give her that piece of information? What, the one thing they would probably ask her? <laughs> yes!
2: <laughs> Don't know! Cool!
0: <laughs> and we get more of that fucking joke as well with her scrabbling around I think on the floor looking for something, I mean it's so easy to seduce a Connery brother honestly, <laughs> do something new, I could do it, it would be <laughs> grim a lovely wee wig on <laughs> wouldn't need it that's true <laughs> just speak in falsetto and they'll be like "Ooh, you're a bit of tear ginger <laughs>
2: yash I can't defend myself <laughs> and like a shark here,
0: here comes a connery <laughs> will not be needing these flesh coloured panties today <laughs> <laughs> y- yuck <laughs> We cut now to a short and bewildering scene wherein we see the knifey nun from before who's apparently named Lotte, which is in reference to Lotte Lenya who played Uh, uh, Colonel in from Russia With Love. Uh, She's inside a villa torturing Yashko by flashing a series of bright differently coloured lights into her face while an unpleasantly loud beeping sound goes off in the background. The torture abates temporarily and Lotte asks Yashko for the information she believes she has. Yashko denies having any of the information and the torture resumes. Um, I've got to say, though, I felt genuinely uneasy. Like, not not morally or anything during this torture scene. I mean, obviously torture is something to, <laughs> designed to make you feel that, morally uneasy. but You felt something. Um, but the, the bright flashing lights and the noise... I had my headphones in. I don't know if that made a difference, but I, I felt physically a little unwell because <laughs> of the, it wasn't like, you know... The thing that really... The effect that they were trying to go for, but I did feel like oh this is horrible. Uh, the the flashing bright lights and the horrible screeching noise. Was that maybe more thr- to Doctor No? Yeah, going <laughs> back to the start of Doctor No. It did remind me of it. Yeah, yeah. I don't, who knows. But
2: it would seem I mean really quite tenuous or something like yeah. for that That's... guy to be sitting thinking. Oh, I really hated that bit of Bond, I'll take the piss out of it now. You never know, but I I guess probably not.
0: Alright, so we've had a couple of boring scenes. We certainly have. What's coming next? (laughs) Woo! Outside the villa, Connery, Maxwell and Captain Jiltsai dressed as
1: farmers,
0: I think, for some reason... Um, Just peasant vineyard workers, just standard. They prepare to storm the complex. Connery, using his champion archery skills, fires an arrow into some nearby electrical power lines, which short-circuits them, causing the nearby tower full of machine gun ammunition to explode. With that, the element of surprise is lost, and the guards begin pouring out of the villa. Uh, The spies and the guards have a big firefight, while Connery and Raffles the Gentleman Jilter head inside. So that might be a generous description, it's more like warping inside <laughs> with absolutely no evidence that they've you done so. Shut up. <laughs> right, okay. Once inside, they find Yashko almost immediately and shoot Lotto to death almost immediately also. The pair then escape the villa. He kinda of, he pushes her out of the way of the knife gun. Yeah, you know? I think the guy's name is Wan, but I've just referred to him as a series of puns on jilting through my Um <laughs> He pushes him out of the way of the knife gun and it, it looks terrible Then they shoot um, Lottie and there's no... It's like a yeah. gunshot and there's like a full second and a half and she goes Argh! and grabs her chest and falls down and uh, it's piss poor, honestly. So this, this is firefight scene as well. This must have fucked away the entire budget of the film in this one thing. Cause I, I have... thought you were going to say the local environment yes, because there's a, <laughs> on flame there's a lot of flamethrowers <laughs> They've up. got genuine flamethrowers It reminded me of the bit in Dark Place where uh, uh, oh, the learner's discharging his shotgun <laughs> into the the corpse. just to nothing. Is so
2: there not a flamethrower in that scene? In the corpse scene? I think he does just come up with a flamethrower
0: at some yes, point Yes he does sense. actually, yeah you're right, yeah <laughs> Uh, but it's, like, most of the shots, he's not shooting into the corpse actually. He's just yeah, he's shooting just wildly up, and then like, right. turning to the other side and shooting. And, then shooting. <laughs> and it was exactly the same thing. There's a shot of this one guy in the background just walking forward with his flamethrower <laughs> on. It's really
2: weird. Looked like really, like, for the actors, extremely dangerous. Like, they weren't that far apart, <laughs> and the flames were going quite far.
0: Yeah, maybe it was forced perspective or something maybe. like that. <laughs> who fucking knows? Tall people in the back and we'll make you oh, look like yeah. on the same plane. Um, we are now utterly arbitrarily on a hillside by the sea. Connery puts oh, it's just Connery and Yashka there, yeah, by the way. Uh Connery puts her into a chant uh to extract the information from her and she tells him that Thanatos plans to steal an atomic nucleus and also babbles some coded message about the blind working in Tetuan. Before she can explain what that means, however, she's shot dead by Mildred, who is also there, uh, and she's also wearing some ridiculous black leather cat suit with a black leather mini skirt on it as well. It's, yeah, it's very strange. It's just, it just indicate she's gone evil. Not oh, I he, see. Not that they're shooting the person. Well, I mean, person. I would <laughs> hate to uh, to to link black things with being evil, but in the current climate in which we live. I think you'll have to side with the President. <laughs> the ultimate
2: arbiter of yeah.
0: yeah, Connery's like to fuck Mildred, uh, even though he knows yep. who she works for. Uh, and she raises the gun to shoot him too, but is instead shot in the back by a three-time world champion of jiu-jitsu nice, who, is, <laughs> who is also there. Just go with it. Um, like I said before, that's not a lot of information. Yeah, it's. They've got an atomic nucleus. The blind work in Tetuan. Ring ring. Hello. Yeah, so Thanatos, you know them. Uh huh. Atomic nucleus, they're after that. Ooh, that sounds bad. <laughs> and um, the blind work in Tetuan. Sorry? <laughs> Just hang up. <laughs> <laughs> the, the blind work in Tetuan. Sorry, you're going to have to explain that. Oh, it's a rug factory. Only blind. It's of, it's of importance in what I told you before about the atomic nucleus. Righto. Glad you didn't fucking fly here. That would have been a waste <laughs> of money, fuel, time and everyone's efforts. And also dangerous. Very, very, dangerous. I know. Bye. Click. And that's... That's how I would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> so also Yashko's just been shot making the last 50 minutes of the film <laughs> utterly pointless.
2: Yeah yeah however (laughs) it's quite a brutal execution I've got to give her that yeah (laughs) she's just she's got nothing on her she's not she doesn't know anymore so
0: why why does she have to die I think in the scene he does go she says the blind work in Teswan and he says I don't understand you'll have to try again and she's just about to speak again maybe Uh, she was about to explain (laughs) something, who knows. But if it's just like recanting what this guy has said to her and the message was coded, then she's not probably not gonna to to say it anymore. That's what you get. Anyway. So that scene was a bit boring. Which means <laughs> <laughs> I I genuinely had to stop for the night after this next scene. <laughs> <It's> no, done. <laughs> I I... I'm I'm worn out. Okay, hold on to your seats. Maya, dressed as some kind of orange Vegas showgirl, for lack of a better term, sits utterly uncamouflaged against a hilltop while the convoy carrying the atomic nucleus approaches from the distance. When it draws close, she signals off-screen, and a gang of other scantily clad showgirls then pile out of a nearby van and block the road in front of the convoy. The army men transporting the nucleus instead of being rightly suspicious, immediately stop and do something akin to the real-life equivalent of banging themselves on the head while shouting yabba-dabba-doo and leave their vehicles and therefore the atomic device which they are transporting to canoodle with these women. Uh, Of course it's a trap, though, and the girls knock out the men with tranquilizer darts, uh, and they then change out of their ridiculous clothes into... skimpy cat... Costumes, I guess? Yes. (laughs) They quickly then redecorate the army truck to make it look like the other truck they had already driven there in. (laughs) uh, To make it look like an advertising van for their casino, which we will get to in a second. Um, Instead of just loading the nucleus into their own van and driving away, which they already had there, which now they just have to leave there, which is actually traceable in some (laughs) capacity back to them. So then they drive away, um, and they drive away to this lovely music, which is just like, it's essentially like, but set to like a sort of yeah. swinging 60s beat with lots of like, weep, woo, going on in it. The Wild Pussy Club van. <laughs> okay, well, you've, you've you've preempted it there. The Wild Pussy Club is, um, is what the casino is called, and their tagline is, Come gamble with the prettiest pussies in the West. So let's just. Oh, naughty! See, so now we've actually got a legitimate reason. <laughs> oh Christ. <Yeah. laughs> now we've actually got a legitimate reason to ding something in yes. this film. It feels so wrong having it be so <laughs> lighthearted. <laughs> but that's what we've got. Did you get that they were supposed to be cats?
2: Not straight away. No, I
0: had to see the Wild Pussy Club before I did. What yeah. did you think they were? I
2: thought they were badgers. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know because it's just like close headshots of. No,
0: they've got tails and it, they're done up like a skunk or a badger. Yeah, it it yeah. doesn't
2: suggest cat. The thing at that all to I, me. I remember him doing was just putting on the headgear. and <laughs> But then I was just so, at this point, I guess, demoralised. <laughs> <like that. laughs> I, i've, I've actually written... given up a little yeah, bit exactly. just... <laughs> i've written in my notes
0: here i i'm running out of things to say my mouth is just a gape <laughs> this this scene i think is worth the price of admission alone for, <laughs> for for getting a hold of this film and it is a hard film to get a hold of but if you really want to you can just search okay connery or operation kid brother um uh what was it? operation kid brother uh, download or something and the first one is this website called like Rare Lust or something that has <laughs> has these two um, yep, two files like, you can download for it which, which might which, will... which is very strange it's Wait, not that strange but, but someone bothered putting it up for people to download one person has but <laughs> couldn't find it anywhere else but if you fancy if you're if you're swithering between watching and not watching this scene let me just say Christ it's about 50 minutes in it might even be worth just getting it just to watch <laughs> that because it it defies all reason, logic, and belief, and it is remarkable. And I can't tell if I loved or hated it.
2: I just felt nothing at this point. I just was totally done with the film.
0: It's <laughs> just, <laughs> just bollocks. Oh, um, after the bawdy sixties fuck explosion we've just been subjected to, we whip back to the comparative normality of the conference room in Thanatos HQ. In it, Beta Cuck explains to the rest of the gang members that as they now have the nucleus, they can proceed with the rest of their plan. Their plan being to use science to fuse, to fuse together all of the moving pieces of machinery in either one third or one fifth of the world it changes as the scene goes on. Then in the following breakdown of all modern civilization, threaten the world powers for their gold reserves, lest they will do it again. As a final point in the meeting, Alpha orders Beta to eliminate Connery. Uh, Finally, because he's become altogether too curious, I believe they say. So there's their plan, to fuse together all moving parts of machinery, rendering it useless. With magnets, yes. (laughs) With magnets. So that might be a thing that comes up later on for me in my notes. But They said magnets, which I guess means like sticking together with magnetic force rather than, like, melting it together, fusing it together, you would say.
2: I... Th- uh, at this point, I thought they meant just melting metal yeah, with that's magnetic well. force.
0: Um, or or some capacity, making it, you know, actually connect to the other pieces of metal rather than just yeah. being held by a magnetic force, which uh, I guess makes a bit more sense. What doesn't make much sense is that... <clears throat> I mean, what are they going to do once the machinery is fused together? Are they going to use the telephone to phone these people? <laughs> are they going to threaten them with their guns that won't work? You know, What have they got left that they can do?
2: I don't really know. And, yeah, it's one of these plans that <laughs> you're destroying everything that makes what you want valuable. <laughs> it's just... Mm. But is it... Comedically shit because
0: the Bond you know, I don't ones think, are. I don't think they really thought that this is the reason. <laughs> like, it's comedy is because it's shit. Oh, <laughs> it's rubbish. I think they they probably thought they had quite a good film uh. coming out. So it might have been. I wouldn't have necessarily guessed comedy for this. No? Yeah. So it this just... this also signifies like the second act of the film, I suppose, in which the plot bears absolutely no resemblance the first half of the film.
2: Yeah, well it's completely <laughs> different. Since uh since the Japanese girl died, can't remember her name never will yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yashko. Yashko died, it's kind of yeah, the entire hunt of looking for her, which was the plot. Yeah, Pretty much at the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah oh, <laughs> it's no. just gone.
0: It's fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> We return to M.I. Whatever's briefing room. In it, Connery and Cunningham are discussing Thanatos's plan, which somehow they seem to know every detail of already. <clears throat> they discuss the info Neil managed to get from Yashko, including the coded message The Blind Work in Tetuan, which Cunningham suspects alludes to a rug factory in Tetuan in which only blind people are employed, uh, which is owned by a Mr. Thayer, or as we know him, Beta. Uh, with that, Miss Maxwell and Izzy Wizzy Let's Get Jilty enter the room with a photo of Ward. They hand the photo to Connery, who flips it over and sees the name of a photographer on the back. They then go on to say that the same photographer uh, has been calling in order to get Connery over to Morocco in order to do a cosmetic operation. These calls, however, come from a number belonging to one Maya Rafis, the hazmat girl. Cunningham instructs Neil to pursue Maya to Morocco, however Neil refuses but then reluctantly agrees against once he's threatened with a court martial and that that's this whole scene it's it, it, it's like they, they wrote the film without this scene in it and then they went back and said oh hang on how do they know what the plan is how do they know this and that and all the other things and they've gone back and it's got uh, they, they just, just know. <laughs> they just know <laughs> it it's Diabolical filmmaking. Yeah,
2: it's really, really piss poor. I think. When did he become part of the military? Because up until this point, he's been using the Minister of Health or whatever to threaten him with. Yeah, and now he's going to get court martialed. Now he's going to get. unless doctors in this universe (laughs) can get court martialed.
0: They'll have ranks. Why would there be a rug factory that only employs blind people? Well, we find out, don't we? Well, we do, <laughs> yeah. right. But what. Speaking as someone I who doesn't like know to... right now, why would there be. I would love to see the rugs come out of the rug. Maxwell and Jilty show up, and they already know the exact appropriate information <laughs> on Thea to give to Cunningham, and the, the character motivation is just. its It's powered by. Just psychic energy or something. It's <laughs> mental that someone watched this and went, Ah, it's probably fine.
2: It's just like I don't understand how it got a world... What, like, why it's got to be a cynical ploy just to grab money. It <sighs> would before they know what shit they're about to watch. It
0: must. Have been. <laughs> Surprisingly, it did not do very well. At the Oh, time. shock. Um, all right. Now we are in Morocco. Connery is just walking the streets for a reason I cannot fully comprehend, before he spots two nefarious-looking types in robes. They wait until he passes, then lunge at him with a knife. However, Connery was ready. He was able to read their lips or something like that, and they were like, let's wait until he passes and then stab him. (laughs) He fights the two men briefly before the fracas is cut short by a gunshot. It's Maya, dressed as a neon cowboy, who has shot one of the would-be assassins from afar. She beckons Connery over to her, he obliges and the pair run through the busy streets of Tetuan. Once they've lost their pursuers, she leaves him to attend a party or ball of some kind at Thayer's mansion. Connery finagles himself an invite and she leaves in her car. Once on the road, she calls Thayer to inform him that Connery will be in attendance. And that's that, I guess. <laughs> uh, the start of this scene. There is, I counted this, there is over a minute of just an establishing shot of the area, a minute. It's too long.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm not particularly familiar with the area, either, so it's not like I can identify and go, "Oh, look."
0: Apparently, it was actually filmed in Tetuan, though. Oh. there's a, a bit of trivia for oh, you. Oh, was
2: Tetuan, really? <laughs> there's
0: a lot of Tetuans actually. Confusingly, <laughs> there is a Tetuan in Spain as well, which is where they were before. So. Oh god! <laughs> Probably could have picked a better. Why anywhere,
2: not? You know? Yeah, it's not a world-renowned city, so why not choose somewhere nice and I don't know, recognisable? Especially if you're going know, to two minutes or whatever of just hanging about at Skyline? Yeah,
0: <laughs> the, the dialogue in this scene is somehow better than all the other scenes. Um, there's some fantastic <laughs> lines, so. Connery runs over to her Once she beckons him And there is I swear to god At least a second and a half Of just them standing Like fucking planks On screen <laughs> Before she says Come on let's go And the pair run off um, And then they stop Mid Escape To talk to each other And she says How did you know They wanted to kill you And this is brilliant This is This is More dark place Than dark place I'm a lip reader You forget I studied lip reading <laughs> Then she says, "That's right. That is one of your accomplishments." <laughs> As if just to remind the viewer, it's
2: fucking rubbish. Yeah. See, that's the point where he could have introduced it. Like, I mean, it would have been, sh- it would have been shitty.
0: <laughs> Actually, that wouldn't have been that bad to my mind. If it, I mean, you would have gone like, "Oh, how did he know to turn round?" Yeah. And then he goes later on in a in a sort of more. Didn't Clever, less we. obvious way oh, I can do lip reading And she could have gone um, Oh, that's interesting, that's a thing about you I, mm. I did not know Instead of going like, you forget, audience Wink, wink <laughs> I do lip reading I am our master And then rep-breed. she turns directly to the camera And goes, oh that's right I should have remembered <laughs> you will remember at home? <laughs> I did Cool. <laughs> so we fast forward a little and we find Connery in Thayer's super boring-looking party. He mingles around a little before finally meeting Thayer, who's dressed like if Donald Trump celebrated Kwanzaa. <laughs> Thayer tells him that it's fortuitous that he has come as he wanted to talk to Connery about performing cosmetic surgery on a man to look like the double of another man. With that, Peter is led away by a woman to a secret backroom meeting with a right-hand man which Connery observes and lip-reads through a glass door. The pair discuss their plans to betray and possibly murder Alpha so Thayer can take his place as the ruler of Thanatos. This plan, as it turns out, involves the cleaning up and general exploding of any witnesses, including the crew of the Wild Pussy Casino fuck explosion, which, if you're keeping score, includes Maya. With that, Beta enters the secret meeting room full of other Thanatos members in order to convince them to go along with his plan. Sorry, it was a line from the previous
2: bit where he oh, okay. she, she confirms that uh, I have Connery, yeah, <laughs> and they're just have discussing the plan, and he goes, "Don't you think the subs are suspicious?" <laughs> <laughs> and he points to to very large <laughs> military <laughs> submarines I mean, sitting then, next know, to I don't him. know what, what you described describe
0: his boat as. It's not like a clipper, is it? It's, it's No, it's, I don't idea. No, it's don't like know. a yacht, I guess. Yeah. It's like a big yeah, yacht. Yeah, it's, it's a, a yacht. giant yacht. And these submarines are at least, they look like double the length of this, <laughs> this massive catamaran not, or whatever it is. At
2: this point, I really wasn't paying enough attention to know what part of the plan the
0: submarines were playing. Where the fuck did they go? <laughs> I didn't and, I, I didn't know down that scene, so I didn't think about it anymore, but what and, did the, the submarines do? I
2: don't know. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was just two incredibly expensive submarines, presumably all manned by sexy ladies. It's oh. <laughs> just, just totally... They're never mentioned again. They don't play. No,
0: they are not a key that. part in anything. And they don't. And I didn't even catch that. I think I just. I honestly. I know it's like a joke. Oh, I repressed that. But I think I might have repressed the submarines. <laughs> honestly, there's um, there's a. They're, so they're talking about plastic surgery and they're talking about making a double of another man. And this, this I thought was a reference because I thought why is it, this is coming out of nowhere. This must just be a fucking throwaway gag or something. Mm. Because, if you remember in Thunderball, Largo Yay. did have someone do plastic surgery on someone to look like uh, Major... whatever his name was. Angelo yep. Yep. was, yep. was, was made up. Mm. to look like Major Wilkins, whatever his fucking name was. And I thought, that's a really bizarrely clever little joke. That here's, here's Beta referencing part of the plan for Thunderball like he's got this going on as well like he's part of Thanatos and he's also part of Spectre that's very funny because it, it can't make sense in terms of the plot because what call would there be for, <laughs> for a body double of someone ha 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 but then it turns out there is a plan that involves the body double of yep. Alpha yep. because he wants to kill Alpha and replace him with the double and I think that undermines the joke if it was a joke and it honestly made me feel like it just wasn't a joke, you know. It
2: was. I don't think it was because he goes and gets the support of everyone who knows Alpha. Yeah. So who is he pretending the body double? Like who's that for? <laughs> because he's in a secret shady organization. The only people he talks to are the people in that boardroom. <laughs> Please, who I all know who he is can't do this anymore? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs>
0: These things I just haven't picked up on, they just... See?
2: Oh. It's the like Mr. Burns swing again. <laughs>
0: oh my god, it hurts. There so Again, let's just... Let's, Let let's switch, up, switch our brains <laughs> off and enjoy this lovely line of dialogue. <clears throat> he says, I was looking into your plastic surgery skills. I was interested in them. And uh, Beta goes... Uh, no, sorry. Connery goes, Do you want to change your features? And Largo goes, Oh no! I'm quite satisfied with my face. And, and my also nose. my nose. <laughs> <laughs> yes that. that. Is is he making a reference that he has a a big nose because that seems more like the level of the comedy. That we're yeah, about. I think like, that's... He must have a rat right big snoz cuz look at it. Dead 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 Oh.
2: But the lip reading scene is really funny as well because it's them talking and then it's just like a bit of glass in the door which just has Conry's head floating (laughs) in it as he stares (laughs) super intently at them speaking. (laughs) He's like
0: a foot behind the door. (laughs) He's so obvious. We now get a quick expositional scene which we've talked about before where uh, Beta tells the room of Thanatos members that in a few days Alpha will be dead but no one except the room will know. Uh, He plans to have him replaced with an exact body double under his command He then asks the men to make a choice As to which side they'll be on And instructs them to choose carefully Otherwise it could be dangerous I'm winking So that's (laughs) stupid Back in the party Connery dances with Maya He warns her of Beta's intention And presses her further on the blinds only rug factory She claims to know little about it And then she leaves there's a very strange line out of context and even in context where he says, Why does Mr. Thayer only allow blind people in his factory? He
2: doesn't no <laughs> like, it's,
0: it's weird <laughs> uh, there's a couple a couple more weird lines I've written down here that um he's like, the boat's going to explode, you're going to be killed, and mayor um honeypot agent of super secret villainous organization. Thanatos says, you read too many novels by Fleming. It's well delivered that. It it's a smasher of a line. It's that same fucking joke. But, but it doesn't make any sense because why would she not believe him that. about it? The other line is um, if my info is right you'll be indebted to me. And then he sort of winks and she's like oh you. Or you'll be don't. dead. <laughs> <laughs> one or the other. It's uh, That is probably one of the, the rapiest points in the thing, so let's actually sound the ooh bell. Oh, no, I, I, talking about rape, it just yeah. <laughs> it seems yeah. wrong. Maybe we thought this through poorly. Uh. Oh well. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, apparently, knowing the exact location of, of the factory and mm-hmm. how to get inside, Connery infiltrates the rank of its blind workforce by dressing up as a blind Moroccan man, which does include blackface, he bibbles around inside the factory for an incredibly long time before stumbling upon a room marked radiation area inside he <laughs> finds that the rug fa- he finds that the rug factory is actually using blind people to do work with radioactive material unbeknownst to them, though I mean it, to me it still looked like they were weaving rugs uh, connery is disturbed by this and warns one of the blind men that the material he's working on is radioactive and will kill him. The blind man goes off his nuts and a riot breaks out. <laughs> no, first of all,
2: uh, okay, he has yeah. no <laughs> idea what's being said to him. He says the exact same sentence the exact same way yes, to him yeah. and then he immediately registers it and just goes, <laughs> yeah. so,
0: Is it the actual line? He says, um, <clears throat> what you're working with is radioactive. It'll kill you. And he goes... What do you mean by that? <laughs> I can't think of a better <laughs> <line>. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if Connor is planning this. Uh, <laughs> for there to be a riot but um, Thayer enters and quite easily identifies and captures Connery <laughs> despite his disguise and apparent skill in speaking Arabic so he, he's he's can you imagine just what Thayer must be thinking <laughs> when he goes in and he spots Connery and he's like he's he's literally throwing his head back and waving his arms left <laughs> and right and making vaguely Arabic sounds like <laughs> It just comes in. Oh my God! What are you doing? This is so weird. You're so weird. (laughs) But
2: the clip, the dubbing at the when he's speaking Arabic to him, it's like it's taken from another movie entirely of really poor. Audio quality. that <laughs> just stuck in, and they only identify some. <laughs> Why is Bond almost nose to nose with him, <laughs> screaming and Arabic
0: at him? I think we have to give the bell as well for, for being, a, even though it is not even the close to the most offensive bit of race play we'll have seen on this podcast. We have to do the bell. <laughs> And that is oh naughty! You shouldn't be browning <laughs> yourself up. Also, his fucking <laughs> milky white contact lenses come and go as they fucking please. <laughs> I, I started noting down where they changed, and there was too many times. I just had to go nap. <laughs> I'll just say it in general, they like, come. And I'd go.
2: like to give an award for so far the shadiest bit of shady person dealing <laughs> by getting blind people <laughs> <be> unknowingly. <both> <laughs> like they've got old other people. Who are assisting them in suits? So why? Why, why are, don't they just have the guards do Why don't they give them suits? Why are they just k- killing blind people for That's so strange. It's not even economical. I mean yeah. You and don't have when to he get
0: gets enough. up, eventually there's going to be a rumor like, "Oh hang on, these blind people are going fucking <laughs> missing <laughs> and dying of radiation poisoning <laughs> when they go to work in Thayer's rug
2: factory." <laughs> but when he gets up to start his riot, he shoots.
0: Some people we're I've, dealing I've, with I've, I've written it down actually. Where is it? Um, they're trying to murder us. This is brilliant. That is why we have swolls. We must go. And they're talking about the, the, the <laughs> swelling on their hands that they've they got. are sitting
2: there all covered in radiation poisoning <laughs> scabs. It's <laughs> horrible. They have heightened
0: other skills. They go, oh, hang on, what's that? Let me just use my tactile senses. <laughs> hang on, that wasn't there this morning. Well, this, this radioactive throbbing pustule wasn't but on my hand. <laughs> this anymore. is meant
2: to be a comedy. <laughs> like, that's horrible. It was remarkably dark. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time...
0: This is why we have swoles.
2: <laughs> One of the funniest bits of film. I've. <laughs> like, straight away from, like, radiation area. It starts off, and I don't know if this is... Because it seems in line with this level of comedy. When Conrae's whacking his stick against the ground, like he's got a blind stick. Oh, God, yeah. And it just looks like he's wanking. Like... Yeah, it did, actually,
0: yeah. <laughs> I, I, I did actually pick up that it looked like he was having a wank, but... But then it sort I, of didn't, of I, didn't, I didn't identify it as a joke. Yeah,
2: but I don't know if it's some kind of pullback and reveal because when he starts like walking, he's just got a stick. That he's hammering against the ground for some reason.
0: In fairness, I didn't spot that that was Connery immediately. <laughs> to be totally fair to the filmmakers, because he's got this scraggly, fucking horrible beard. It's so it is. It is honestly. It is just Team America. Yeah. He, he, yeah. he, he <laughs> basically shouts, Durka, Durka, a uh, Durka, Durka at the end of it as well. <laughs> I just can't...
2: That, like, why is he screaming at the one guy who could recognise him face to face? And then he tells him, good try, Mr. Connery, but that's biblical Arabic you're using or something weird like that. It's like <laughs> fucking
0: best, it's not. <laughs> oh, so Connery is now captured and I think he is on board a boat with Beta. Beta gloats at him in a way that Bond villains tend to and tells him that he will still have to perform the operation to make a double of Alpha, but now against his will. In return, Beta offers to spare his life. What I do like about this film is he's not explained Thanatos' plan. He's not gone, "Uh, Mr Bond, I expect you to die. So let me tell you how I'm smuggling gold into the country. He's gone, do this thing, you don't need to know anymore. Okay, Shh. you Shh. But it's it's testament to how strange this film is that a scene as fucking loony as this one, there's almost nothing to say about it. It's like, yeah, that happened. I mean, to to poke holes in it and make fun of this scene, I think would it would just seem pedestrian after the rest yeah. of what we've we've done. So that there we go. Connery begins the prep for his operation. Shortly he is ready to proceed and sends the two nurses and Beta out of the operating room. He begins hypnotising the patient though not for consent, but instead to attack Beta on his command. The command is given and the patient leaps through the glass wall of the operating room to kill Beta. A fight breaks out between Connery and the hypnotised patient and Beta and his guards. Outside, the female guards of the boat, who now have all been warned by Maya that the Uh, The plan is to leave them for dead in a big explosion. They begin fighting with the male guards, who, for whatever reason, are not going to be left for dead in the big explosion, I suppose. The fighting continues, and eventually Beta manages to slip away with a view to escape in his emergency dinghy. Before he can, though, he's attacked once more by the patient. Sensing there's no other way, Beta kills the patient with roof-mounted machine gun fire, and speeds away in his dinghy, knowing that the plan has failed. Connery meets up with Mayer who tells him that the nuclear material will most likely have been shipped to somewhere in Switzerland I'm not sure where, the audio quality is genuinely too poor to make it out um, and that may be the strangest scene synopsis I have <laughs>
2: written in this entire project. I'd like to give it kudos for a comedy of I had no idea what was about to come my way at all when the guy just gets
0: up jumps through a window <laughs> and, and charges them. It reminds me of like, uh, it's like almost a like, zombie? like <laughs> Lou Ferrigno style, The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, the way he was, uh, the, just the action had the same sort of cadence to it. It was very uh, also that, an odd
2: scene. He could have. It was a bit of a cycle moment because he could have done. Well, he could just hypnotize everyone <laughs> in that room. He doesn't need to hypnotize the one guy. Yeah. to kill himself. <laughs> Yeah, he could have <laughs> hypnotised Thea.
0: Or his bodyguards, or... Anyone. <laughs> Anyone. Maybe Thea has unusual willpower. Oh, that's handy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, D- uh, we were watching the same copy of it, I presume. Um, mm-hmm. We only found one. Did you spot the random bit of Italian left in the dubbing? Yeah, there was... <laughs> I I heard it, but I just thought, oh, fuck it, I don't care. <laughs> whatever that was, I don't I, care. I'm pretty sure I worked it out, because at the end of the, the bit of Italian, he it says, if it stops, so does yours. So I assume it's like, this monitor is connected to his heart, if his heart stops, so does Thank yours. You. Um, something along those lines. But it's still, like, that's the English track for yeah. that. So that is probably how that went out on, I don't think it ever got a DVD release, but VHS or something, that'll be probably how it went out, which is... A poor, you can't do that <laughs> no real respect for the audience no, Another favorite <laughs> no. <laughs> that's fair to say <laughs>
2: Another favourite bit I have because it's so dark is at the start it's all body and they're like seducing the male guard slightly like they yeah. come up from under deck and it's like someone's lovely legs oh, are lovely around them like oh hello oh, no, <laughs> go on yeah. and then you get punched by the woman instead of a lovely kiss yeah but then there was one bit she just starts handing out
0: machine guns. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't actually catch that particular part, but all of a sudden it was like, bang, here are some machine guns. <laughs> she's she's picking them out of a box and handing them
2: out, and none of the male guards have guns at this no, point. No, it wasn't. So it's just them
0: slaughtering on our men, which is... Did you You it well? Like it, it was supposed to be, um, they were doing this covertly, taking out the guards. So they wouldn't alert any more of them, but the, uh, the guards were like getting knocked out or, or, like you know, killed or whatever it yeah. was. And then there was this one guy; he got kicked in the tummy, and they put a bucket on his head and they pushed him overboard. So he's he's a, he's alive. He's he's awake. Yep, he can shout and probably will shout <laughs> for help. Like, whatever. Um, there's oh, the machine guns in the roof. Oh,
2: why would you ever I mean, make just that? like. You could have the holes in the roof and the bullets come through them anyway, <laughs> but a whole bunch of little pipes yep. come through, yep, 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 yep. and then just
0: destroy a square meter of ground <laughs> in the office. I mean, in in. In, in in a room that is clearly on like sea level. Yeah. Beneath, beneath that floor, there is water because he escapes from that room into his dinghy. So yeah. you're going to sink if you do this. <laughs> Back in Evil HQ, Alpha berates Beta, who is now there. Relax. Alpha points his gun at Beta and demands that he drink the poisoned water so as to meet the same fate as Gamma. Beta obliges, perhaps a little too readily, and dies. Alpha talks for a few moments before Beta's man on the inside flips a switch which fires a knife out of the Statue of Perseus which Alpha had beaten Beta in the auction for earlier, remember? Do you remember that? I do. Uh, That kills Alpha instantly. Beta then gets up. He tells the other members that before he drank the water, he had ingested a Moroccan drug which had rendered his body immune to poison. And he uses a word that's
2: not particularly suitable at the end of that sentence as well.
0: <laughs> it's like, indefiable or something like Just in- Indispensable he wanted to say, but it wasn't yeah, undefiable it or something. It's <clears throat> undefiable when you're bitten by a... Snake. Oh,
2: yeah, he calls him the snake as well. He seems a yeah. bit rich.
0: Yeah,
1: a
2: little he's bit. He's been straight up with him. He's just been dominating him through this weird power play. Yeah, that was, I mean, a,
0: if anything, he's like a big silverback orangutan. Yeah. <laughs> a <laughs> silverback gorilla, rather. Silverback orangutan makes
2: more sense in this movie.
0: <laughs> Bonobo probably makes more sense. They do sexual power play. Those dirty little monkeys. Oh, no, see. See that—that that feels appropriate. That... <laughs> I, I feel like we should maybe not use it for any more rapey bits. But are there any more? Who knows? We'll find <laughs> out. Connery now lands, fucking somewhere. Switzerland, maybe Spain. Who knows? I don't. Uh, he rendezvous with. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, god. I was writing these quite late last night. He rendezvous with Janet Jiltson and also for some reason a gang of Scottish arching champions and they were supposed to be Scottish who had flown in because he thought they would be of some help to his mission, I guess. Jilt Ah tells him that the uranium rug strands they were following are being shipped from wherever they are currently to Istanbul, over two thousand miles away along Highway Seven. Bond and Meyer balled a small helicopter equipped with a long-distance Geiger counter and set off in pursuit of the atomic convoy. (laughs) Jilty Bob Thornton also joins them. Or maybe he doesn't. I'm not sure at this moment. (laughs) He says he will, but he may be joking. That may be comedy in his film. It's hard to tell. But honestly, it's the least confusing thing that's happened this far. I'll allow it. Um, So the archers are supposed to be Scottish. Yes. Despite all being dubbed in with American accents, same as uh, uh, Neil. Um, He's using them as his own private commandos. Yeah.
2: But he doesn't tell them that. Because they're like, alright, mate! Yeah. What's it going, Big Neil? And it's like, a <laughs> <all this> strange. troops! <laughs> like, odd language that they seem to be using that doesn't come from anywhere in the no, world. certainly not Scottish. And I. <laughs>
0: They're almost sort of like street youths or something. Uh, Also, I mean, like, the Olympics were on this year, and I watched some of it, uh, Mm. and I I remember specifically watching the archery and thinking, my God, those people are fat. They must be the (laughs) fattest Olympians there. (laughs) They arch for, for a living, basically, I guess. They shoot arrows. They don't, they're not trained in anything. And since when was a barely trained, not-quite spy who is being strong-armed <laughs> into doing this and allowed to bring in a platoon of his own equally not-trained soldiers? Since the Ministry of Health immediately... Right, yeah, I forgot about the Ministry. Okay. <laughs> um, so, the long-range Geiger counter... Yes, I thought about this as well. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Doesn't make a lot of sense to no. me. <laughs> um, Certainly not as a directional finder for... No. <laughs> uh, I, I,
0: there would surely be something. Something would interfere. Well, get... I
2: mean, the only thing you could do is the sensitivity of it and just make it super-sensitive.
0: If it's super sensitive, wouldn't wouldn't like but just background radiation? <laughs> yeah, then it would cripple you. I mean, you'd have to make it not sensitive at all. So then the the extreme signal from the the atomic nucleus would be. But that really shouldn't be getting, fucking everywhere. <laughs> no, that would that would be a lot of dead people. No, that would <laughs> be very bad. So the radioactive rugs or whatever it is go along, Highway Seven to Istanbul, right? Mm-hmm which is the world's longest road, apparently. Uh, I don't know if that's true. I tried to look it up, could not figure it out. Um, And he just goes from that, Okay, then, we're all set. Uh, So uh, you might notice as well in my notes there, I I said it's going to Istanbul. uh, But it doesn't. Because I I was left with the presumption (coughs) it's going to Istanbul. And if it's not, it clearly must have turned off the road up towards Switzerland or something, I guess, around, um, I don't know, fucking... Italy or something, maybe yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, so <clears throat> there must have been a point where they turned off the road. And it's like, okay, we're all set. We know where they're going. They're going to Istanbul, but they're not. And and it's the world's longest road. It's the is literally the worst place they could have picked to be able to know <laughs> where the things were going. There's presumably hundreds of turnoffs in all different countries to all different places. And then if they went to Munich, like they say, they had to drive through two other countries on the way to get to Munich, <laughs> which I, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, and we get um, the, the guilty man again. Um, there's the joke. That he goes like, uh, uh, "Are you sure you don't want to come along?" Connery says to him, and he's like, "Ah, my wife, Consuela. She will, she will kill me if she if she hears I did this. If I if I went along, so no, I won't." But actually, yes, I will. And then and they then shake their hand. They'll just start laughing. Really, and This is how I imagined married life. <laughs> <laughs> we then flick to a super duper quick scene, wherein Beta, inside an underground base, and dressed as a bad M Bison cosplay, and his gang of equally sartorially challenged minions begin activating the atomic magnet or whatever the fuck they're doing. Meanwhile, Connery approaches the base via helicopter. Risky way of approaching it. <laughs> yes. I mean,
2: as soon as that shit stops, <laughs> yes. by a magnet or whatever. No, but that is dad
0: drama. Oh my god! Mm, oh, I feel so dramatic. Um, once more, Beater is informed of this, uh, and he says, "Not to worry." As, as you say, as soon as they fire the beam, the helicopter will crash. Uh, in this scene, uh, the the dubbing is especially poor. It, it cuts out <laughs> mid sentence, mid word, <laughs> in mid sentence more than once. Which, uh, shouldn't. <sighs> Be. i'm guessing it was a bit rushed then <laughs> might have been. when well, you think they couldn't actually have the star record his lines properly because of him being out for say four weeks well, yes. <laughs> if it was a particularly bad case of appendicitis it's like four weeks recovery time uh and, and even then you could come and sit in a studio and talk about it after two weeks or something maybe even one week depending on how fast your recovery speed is but it must have been in a fucking run <laughs> Oh, uh, and again, another quick scene as Connery and Mayer locate the source of the radiation and land, reasoning that the base must be underground, using logic so bizarre it doesn't even qualify as pseudoscience. Um, they then quickly locate the hidden entrance to the lair and step inside. And I think this is the first time a character has not immediately known something about the other side's yeah, intentions. Because okay. it's like... Oh, we've landed. Where, where, where is the base? Let's have a look in that shed. It might be in there. We don't know, and it is inside a shed for whatever reason. But they've got no reason. Like it's a hidden entrance. <laughs> so yeah. But I, the, got... what my point is, it's contrived and it's stupid. But at least they had to guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they weren't just like, we know the entrance is inside the shed. Let's go to the shed. Open the shed. Go inside the shed.
2: But at the same time, they kind of do because they hang around what could have just been an empty room for a lot of time until a
0: door is randomly opened for them. That's true, <laughs> yeah, with a weird floating camera. Um, there's the line: the base must be underground, otherwise the Geiger counter wouldn't be so active. <laughs> no, um, Connery and Maya enter the underground layer stroke caves. They're attacked by some guards, but quickly dispatch them. Connery sends Maya back to the surface to call London. Uh, Once there, she spots a guard hanging around the helicopter, though again, quickly deals with him by using her belt as a makeshift spear. Yes. (laughs) Um, Back in the cave, Neil is set upon by more guards who quickly apprehend him without his, uh, his sidekick to help him. This belt spear... It was quite impressive. (laughs) Where did that guard come from? Who knows? The (laughs) castle, I guess. I I, I did actually put some thought into where the guard came from and then discarded all notion of it. Um, uh, Yeah. The belt, I mean, was she given the belt spear as a tool or is that just how they think belts work? I have no idea it was like it is, it, it didn't need to happen. The guy didn't have to be there at all. No, oh, it nice. also it felt like one of those like you know those rulers that sort of curl up into a ball, and then you can yeah. sort of flatten them out and click them, and they they they're all of a sudden straight. Yes, it felt like the belt was like that, but I don't know if you, <laughs> if you put any sort of pressure or like a tap it slightly, it goes straight back <laughs> up. I used to do that on people's fingers, and it would hurt them a bit, and it'd be funny. But, um, or I did. my Evil, evil boy. (laughs) Don't let's get into what you've done to people. (laughs) I know the stories. By what measure of logic did they think that was the
2: way to go about it? Why didn't this judo chop them? Anything else?
0: Anything else?
2: Also an ooh naughty bit, it was. Now, I don't know if it was intentional. I'm just assuming... It was because of how shit this film is, uh-huh. but the, in the base there was a loud like um, announcement that the vibrators are inserted. Oh naughty! nice. That's, that, nice. I think we've modelled the
0: You Naughty Bell because the You Naughty Bell, <laughs> we said it was some morally grey things, but now we are just using it like a bawdy sixties yeah, alarm. Yeah. <laughs> so use your your own, you know, mental acuity to figure out which way we're doing it. We don't have to fucking babysit you the entire time. (laughs) Mayor, who apparently didn't think to install a phone in her copter, uh, and who has apparently flown to a nearby ski lodge, uh, lands, enters the lodge, and demands to use the phone to speak to London. She gets through to Cunningham and explains the situation and their approximate location. While she does, Beta, back in the castle, uh, as it turns out, just outside of Munich that is located, finally activates the magnet, cutting the phone call off and rendering all technology useless for miles around, except for the stuff in his lab. That's still there. Um, Maya steals a nearby horse-driven sleigh, I think, and sets off presumably back to the castle. Meanwhile, Connery is brought before Beater, who does that whole typical Bond thing about gloating about his success and how he's now going to kill him.
2: It's really petulant because he just says, ''Haha, I got what I wanted without your help.'' (laughs) To Connery yeah who's never who's never been invested in any way <laughs> he doesn't <No>. care <laughs> it's such a strange
0: it, it, useless way. <laughs> I'm exhausted honestly just talking <laughs> about it I, in my head like I've got this little, little alarm bell that's going off I'm like hey wait but <laughs> I just I, I can't bring my mouth to talk about what's, what's happening in my head cause it's <laughs> There's so much that it's like you just have to forgive so much at this point to have kept watching the film (laughs) that you just have to go with it. Uh, We get a flurry of action shots now, wherein Mayer, apparently joined somehow by uh, Jilthaus van Houten and the champion archers, speed through the streets of Munich back to the castle on horseback. While this is happening, Connery, about to be executed uses his sick hypnosis power on one of the guards and makes him fight the other guards. In the confusion, Neil flees back through the caves. <laughs> I don't know the... where the
2: came from. I don't know where the horses Archer's... came from. Uh, I don't know I how they got they in walk. contact with him, if there was no working telephones. That might that, have been if... the
0: hotel they were staying in. He did say stay in a hotel. So that might have been that hotel. But all the phones should be broken. Yeah, but if they're in that hotel, then they have they can just go upstairs and say, oh, yeah. okay. hey guys. Don't. But where did the horses come from? Uh, fuck you. <laughs> there's a bit where they're charging through the streets and she's talking, uh, Maya's talking to uh, Juan, the guilty man. And <clears throat> uh, there's oh, so clumsy the dialogue. Um, she says, Aren't you a champion archer too? And he says, No. Sorry about that. I'm a pretty good fighter though. And I guess that can be useful too. Yeah, I don't really know. No. It doesn't remind me
2: though, the bit in when she goes in to ask for the phone, to phone London. Yeah. And the guy's like, Oh yeah. How do you plan to phone London? I don't know, with the phone. Okay, give it a go. He probably won't get through. He says, Hello, London. <laughs> <laughs> what a shock! shock. Was that a joke about how they're always able to? communicating like little radios already. like no matter where they are in the world is that what it's too taking... clever <laughs> That's too clever I just what what is it <laughs> I am honestly I do not
0: Uh there's another terrible little bit just in editing terms Um there's a bit where they're back in the caves Connery's running back up to the tower or back into the cave area or something I don't know and the guards are running after him, and then, I swear to God, there is a full second of a freeze frame in the edit (laughs) right at the end of it. I rewound it three times, like, is this my my copy of it fucking up? And it, no. (laughs) That's in there. That's a freeze frame that they've just, I don't know why. (laughs) Connery meets up with Maya and the gang, who have began a huge archery harpoon battle with the guards of the base. Where
2: did the harpoons come from?
0: In the chaos, Jilt Sandwich gives Neil an anti-magnetic explosive device and tells him to go and blow up the control tower for whatever good it'll do now. Connery makes his way through the melee to the tower but is stopped by Beta. A frankly pathetic fight ensues in which Connery gets the upper hand, knocking down Beta and then escaping. Not so easily beaten, however. Nice. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Beta chases him down and the pair draw their bows at one another. Um, They release at the same time Connery is hitting the arm but Beater is hitting the heart and he dies Connery moves on Uh, sure was a good thing they brought all those archers along
2: I I mean this is the only point where I even began to get there's one point someone tries to shoot his gun and it doesn't work because (laughs) the mechanism is being held in place by magnets sure so it's the only time that I thought is that why there's archers here now yes that's the only way they could have That, is, that is the definitive But do routine. they not have metal tips? So should they not all just get, like, whapped to whatever the big MRI machine is that's doing?
0: Yeah, because you see in <laughs> the hotel, the forks all go... Yeah. So, yeah, the cutlery's all moving. So it's it's the magnetic... So, so unless they're just pinging each other plastic or wood or... That's an that's a incredible magnetic force. And <laughs> that's quite far away, the hotel, as well. So... <laughs> Everything's just gonna <laughs> <laughs> Well what got me was the harpoon's guns i mean i i'm i don't I don't purport to be any kind of expert on harpoon technology They're usually made out of metal <laughs> usually made out of metal, sure ignore that usually made out of metal, which I assume involves moving mechanical parts as well I rather just than thought so, yeah, yes. Yep.
2: not all metal is magnetic either, so. No, like ferrous metals, which most things are probably steel, which I don't think are cool. I mean, what about
0: guns? (laughs) Surely, guns are not made of.
2: I just don't
0: magnetic material. Cool. So, (laughs) let's move on. Uh these archers seem pretty cool about just murdering people, yeah if they're just archers, then yeah, you know, they probably shouldn't have that same degree
2: licensed to cool too
0: cool there's a bit where uh in a tower Beta comes up and he he pulls his bow at connery connery just he just chucks his bow at him, <laughs> it disrupts him and he gets away and uh, there's a bit in the (laughs) fight scene as well where there's punch sound effects going off when no one's even it's not a a second away it's no one's doing anything and it's punching effects are coming in unforgivable honestly (laughs) Connery now wounded though to no great consequence collects Maya guilty pleasure and what's left (laughs) It's fine And what's left of the archery team And they escape the underground lair Before the tower explodes The tower then explodes Which apparently unfuses all the pieces of machinery stuck together As proven by The fact that um, All that jilters is gold <laughs> Can now rapidly Discard his gun into the air And shout Woo uh, the explosion, the explosion goes on. Honestly, for over a minute, it is yeah. so long of just all these shots of like, those cast anti-magnetic magnetic explosives are pretty hardcore, though. So. God damn! <laughs> <laughs> that's, <sighs> all this, that's all. That's all the scene is. Uh, is honestly, it's just shooting the gun into the air, shouting "woo" and uh, a big explosion, and lots of archers celebrating in the most <laughs> Scottish way possible. <laughs> <laughs> Ta da! I think, I think they actually shout hurrah, don't they, in the background. Oh, they actually shout the word hurrah. Like it's the same
2: um, from Gold, Goldfinger when it's like they have the background noise of the guys chattering and it's all like oh, wise yeah. guy voices. Yeah. It's, it's that kind of weird thing. What's your like, big idea, girl, <laughs> <thing>? <laughs> But it's like just people go, hey, buddy. But they're all just yeah. talking over each other. It's like, but everyone's saying hello while we're talking over each other. <laughs>
0: All right, and we are we are so close. We are so close now to this being over. Now back with Cunningham aboard his yacht or a yacht. I'm not sure which. They're on a yacht. I think it might actually be like Largo's yacht <laughs> the, the, yes, one, the... it's
2: Largo's yacht. Cool. Okay. Well, I don't know why because I've it. got a note of like he just steals
0: the boat. Yeah. And, and um, they're on a yacht. Uh, Connor is congratulated on a job well done, and he's congratulated by. Cunningham saying, "Okay, Connery, you're almost as good as your brother. Let's just yeah. fucking force that yeah. one more of those jokes in there." Uh! It's
2: like you're oh, the, it's like you're the best agent ever. Almost. You should have seen your brother's face yeah, when we so... told him. Oh, um, fucking just stop! He kept Again. going on and on and on. <laughs>
0: Oh, talk more about my brother, because that's what I want to think about now. (laughs) After defying death several times over, let's think about how my brother might have reacted. Because he's the important one, you prick. (laughs) Cunningham suggests that he'd like Neil to return to the Secret Service under the rank of Major. Connery, unimpressed with the offer, presses his fingertips together and hypnotises the commander, instead convincing him that he needs to leave immediately he does so leaving Connery and Maya alone save for a few dozen female seamen to enjoy a nice private sensual shag yeah at least it ends with a shag on a boat yeah or, I've got here right. just, just boat and fuck boat and fuck you've, you've got that on right formula. the end anyway thin fine I think no, exactly what it says <laughs> which I, I assume is just the Italian way of doing fin, yeah. but <laughs> I was thinking maybe it was the filmmakers getting it that, wrong. <laughs> that, no, not getting it wrong, just it was their attempt at sort of subconscious hypnosis. Like you're coming out of the, the cinema going, Oh, that was fucking diabolical. <laughs> fine. Yeah, actually it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't want to aim too high. They didn't end with great. They were like fine. Like, yeah, I mean it was fine. <laughs> it's not the
2: worst thing I've ever seen.
0: Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> the commander of the Secret Service, would that be considered treason? I, I would
2: have feel. thought he would have had quite a good, like, kind of wopper running as well. Sure.
0: anyone sure. was going to have. It, it does seem like that is treasonous, though. It does seem I would like... have thought so, yeah. Cool. Especially just
2: to make him piss off so we can go in a boat and shag someone. Yeah, seems vaguely selfish and self-serving I, to I subjugate a man's entire will <laughs> <laughs> it's not very ethical for a doctor No, no. all I'm saying or You're a hypnotist the Hippocratic Oath Hippocratic Oath
1: bang
2: <laughs> fantastic right well fuck that that no, was awful
0: <laughs> right, <okay. laughs> well we've got a little more to talk about uh that that's the end then of okay connery <laughs> okay connery da, 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 da.
2: uh <laughs> what did you think of it it uh, I didn't realize it was a comedy that's about the point. start I just had no idea really it was intentionally meant to be funny, right, um. It was rubbish in so many ways. Do you, do you like, think it wasn't of, good as a comedy.
0: It wasn't good as like a send up of James Bond. No, it, I think it, the only way it's good as a send up of James Bond is in the ways that we've like forced it with our minds to be yeah. a send up of James Bond, which otherwise just. But even work. then, like if that's what they were intending, they did it
2: so poorly. Yeah, we didn't
0: know. But there's, there's there's some very 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 key parts of a James Bond film which you have to. Uh, taking into consideration that yeah, the, the, the quips when you kill someone there was like that, no no cue, no gadgets. gadgets no quips when he killed anyone he didn't yeah. even say something about you're my arch enemy oh or, shit that would have been good ooh arrow <laughs> god <laughs> <laughs> would have been fine nice <laughs> <laughs> um, let's get to the heart of the matter yeah, no these qu- are off the top of my head by the way I'm getting good that's at <laughs> good that's <laughs> good
1: um, um, there was no they, no
0: no, car, no 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 cars, no car chases. Um, there was no uh sex in it.
2: True, actually, not
0: yeah. one bit of sex. There's suggested sex. At Wasn't the end. really
2: any Russians. <laughs> like I know it was Spectre, but yeah, I don't know. It just felt like they weren't taking advantage because at least Bond, like they're usually Spectres, getting in amongst the diplomatic relationships. Yeah. And that is shown, like they're having a bit of a barmy between the West and the East. And yeah. they're just in there going, Tee, That one, it was just like, we
0: turned on a magnet, give us gold. <laughs> it's quite <laughs> similar to Goldfinger though, really, isn't it? The plot. It's like, if, if you had to, if you saw Goldfinger and then went out and suffered a horrible motorbike accident and were left with only like 8% of your cognitive faculties yeah. and then were asked to recount the plot of Goldfinger, that might come out. True, you true. <laughs> Any favourite moments? In standout. Ah, it's my line. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I have to do this. I'm, I'm the MC. Any favourite? <laughs> <moment?
2: laughs> Any favourite scenes? The standout bit for me was <laughs> him screaming Arabic. <laughs> that honestly, like... that didn't become hilarious to me until we discussed it. though. <laughs> that just kind of the same, but like. Just thinking about him in his disguise, like the fact he—he he must have sought him out to do it. Like every time I think about it, was more and more. He didn't need to get caught <laughs> at that
0: point. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> it is. It, it ranks amongst the most. I think he was making
2: part. eye contact with
0: him as well, and as a blind person, I don't think that's what you're meant to be doing. No, that was... I mean, to be honest, until we discussed that scene, that would have probably ranked amongst my lowest, <laughs> in terms of like, my least favourite, uh, because it, it, it was just... I was getting... I mean, maybe it's a product of having to um, take detailed notes of what I'm doing, oh, yeah. and just normally doing... it's okay to like follow what's happening, and I, I, I watch the scene... And I'll go, right, I remember what happened in the scene. I'll write it down. But now it's it's like... You can, I mean, you can hear in the way that I've read out the synopsis of the scenes here. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> was going on. I didn't... I knew even less. I read a plot synopsis on Wikipedia before we recorded this just so I know why things were <laughs> happening.
2: Yeah, and that, actually... that was a,
0: a point where I was thinking... Fucking hell, I don't know what's going it on. It genuinely
2: made more sense to me with you reading that stuff out right. than when I was watching the film. Because there's so many times when I just sort of saw something that didn't make sense and I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm not, I'm not figuring out what that was all about. Like, the submarines. Yeah, that was annoying. I mean, they looked like they'd gone out and
0: as props got... From <laughs> submarines or something? I was thinking forced perspective again. though. I was thinking maybe green screening yeah. footage of submarines in, but it didn't look like. They just it just looked like, Maybe they were just that's where they for an ultra low oh. budget film in 1967. You'd expect it to look like green screen, and it didn't. Yeah. That's quite worrying. Uh, my favourite scene, uh, if I'm racking my brain, it has to be. It was. The, it's the one that's the most bawdy 60s rumpy romp, <laughs> sort of scene. um Brilliant. I'll get that in one more time. Um, (laughs) It's the one with the uh, travelling pussy circus. Oh, fucking. I fucking loved that. You were laughing at other bits. That was the bit that got me just. I had to stop. I was laughing because I couldn't follow a fucking (laughs) bit of it. And.
2: Did the US military just have the device they wanted? Was to... it
0: the US military? <laughs> I, I think they're,
2: they're, oh, it was, they they're were... Oh, was, because they were like... American military pulley.
0: Can I do anything for you, you pretty dame? Yeah. Sort of thing. <laughs> when did that? I um, don't know. It was, it was the moment... And why did it not... I think I surrendered myself to, like, <laughs> I can't follow this. Let's just lay back and wash over me. <laughs> <laughs> Sink beneath the waves into the inky mire. <laughs> And that's why I liked that scene. It brought out all my best nihilist feelings. Um What about your least favourite scene? There's a plethora to choose oh, from, but I just anything with Neil Connery in it to
2: be <laughs> honest. Like I know I chose my favourite one as him garbling pish, but yeah. That was mostly because of the bad <laughs> topping that made that <laughs> <up> funny. <laughs> but he was just so boring, like the yeah, scene he's, where he's he not- was not a star. Really was just uh, like uh, doing a mind-bending thing for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> Until the photographers came in and just tried to kidnap the person. That
0: was just so slow. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> I I agree. That was not a great scene. Um, the archery contest for oh, me. Christ, yeah. That was everything I hate about Bond. They did quite well <laughs> on it. It was like a wanky conversation between the villain and the. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and the hero wanky conversation about some pretentious thing that Connery's good at oh I've got plenty of these trophies don't even want another one of those bits of junk
2: fuck off <laughs> <laughs> just random people doing shit in the background all the time like, that was yeah. like one of the training area montages what, what
0: really annoyed me as well it was like I'll tell you in 10 minutes so clearly they, go, they were going into like a championship round of arching yeah. or something and then he just fucked off it wasn't even like let me take this shot and like, <laughs> yeah. let's just fuck off. So, the logistics of of uh, Thea then having to take home a shitty archery trophy <laughs> by default via oh, forfeit <laughs> of his nemesis is very funny. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's my least favourite. So, no, no collusion there between us. But uh, it, any one of those scenes probably. Bordered on being my favorite or least favorite. It was very close. It wasn't peaks and troughs. It really depends how you look at it. Exactly. (laughs) If I had to pick my favorite scene as like a legitimate film, uh, fuck no. It's probably one of the ones in the Thanos meeting rooms because they were they had the most tension and gravitas to them, but not much. (laughs) <laughs> By virtue of not having pretty girls and small skimpy outfits, yeah, pretty much of, made it a bit more. Speaking speedy. of these these lack of pretty girls and skimpy outfits, um, I, I just noticed while we were doing this, I did, I, I forgot to do the forometer. Oh yeah. And, um, honestly, I, I didn't even feel like when I was watching it, like, oh, I should do the forometer now because here's the pretty girl. Because, the the plot is so confused and the girls are so like. I mean, they've taken Miss World or whatever, Dan- Daniela yeah, yeah. Bianchi, and made her fairly pedestrian, to be honest. <laughs> she doesn't look like anything special. It's her, her, she's overshadowed by her outfits, I think, because she's dressed like a like a fucking can, lunatic from the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, so, I mean, uh, I guess we'll say, like, we've already done the fourometer for for Bianchi, so okay, I we know what was, uh, I could, okay. we like. agree with both. Four out one. of ten, I think. if <laughs> <laughs> you really want to make. <laughs> Does it seem appropriate to you to give this film a rating out of 10 in comparison to the other Bond films? Because I uh, mean, Fuck it, why not? Because I'm going to give him one. one. <laughs> <if we are. laughs> that is the lowest so far. Did you honestly enjoy it less than, say, Thunderball? Yes. Really?
2: Yeah, I think it highlighted the good parts of those films, like even just being well edited. And, I've you know.
0: had to, I, was, I was going to be devil's advocate, but... Some parts of it, I enjoyed it because it was fucking absurd, but <laughs> no, they're better films. You can't, you can't deny it. I, I I would say, I think our lowest one is Thunderball, was it? For, with like a th- Ooh, three? I can't, I can't or, even remember. I, th- I think From Russian With Love was my lowest one and Thunderball was yours. And I think we rated it between two to four. I think it might be yeah, a three. I so it's... I think I'm going to give this one a two. Because I can't in good consciousness give it more than those films, but I did enjoy it. I, I mean, no, fair enough. if I wasn't taking notes, I think I would have loved this. Yeah. It's because of the obs- absurdity. Yeah, guess, that's, and... that's my sort of thing. I love black exploitation. I love bad films. I love films from the, the, the 60s and 70s. that are just, you can't follow them because it, I, I like to feel superior when I watch them. I think it's funny. Like, I can make a better film than that. And I will. Eyes peeled but um yeah it's, it's it was very, very funny, but in almost none of the ways they wanted, it wanted to be. no cool well that's uh that that um pile of dog shit we trapped <laughs> through the carpet of our podcast history um lovely, uh, as I said before uh, by the time this comes out, we'll probably be mid November late November or something. Uh, And then we're going to be taking a little break to celebrate Christmas and hopefully not not die in Eastern Europe. Maybe see a few Bond films on TV. Oh, oh, I hope. I hope it's one we've done and I can (laughs) bore my family with all the Bond facts. That'll be the best. Did you know, did you know that those rats were actually dipped in chocolate? They'll be like, (laughs) fuck off, Lawrence. That's not true. And I was like, it is. And they'll say, God, it's a quality fucking fact, Lawrence, <laughs> you be proud of that. I will be, I, I'm going to... I mean, my family never watch it. My mum hates James Bond. What? <laughs> and my dad does not give a wet fuck about James Bond, so... <laughs> probably won't be catching any bombers. but I imagine you will, because your family is, dare I say it, a bit more racist than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: don't think I can let that be said without some kind of... <laughs> your family is whale (laughs) raisers good
0: alright well we will see you next time with uh, hopefully some kind of new format hopefully another bell um, which doesn't sound like that (laughs) Um, we're we're gonna work uh, finally on putting this on iTunes and maybe other things like Stitcher Radio or wherever else we can put it. And on YouTube, we're gonna make little videos for each podcast so you can watch them. If you've already heard them, it's like listening all over again. And that's, I mean, that's not not a negative way I'm saying that. I want that to be coming across as positive. Like, yeah, listening again with fresh ears. Don't worry. It's um, it's. Fuck it, okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> goodbye. Uh, Secret Service, the Majesty Secret Service next time. Uh what's with Latinby? Yeah, goes. Fuck it, whatever. <laughs> Hooray, goodbye. <laughs> 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 <And> then-
1: <laughs>